Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? I'm officially calling it. Okay. It is fall. Yeah. I'm saying it. Yep. I don't care. I have I don't a hoodie think- on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Break out the pumpkin shit. It is time for that fall vibes. Okay. Yes. Get a pumpkin spice gum, get a pumpkin spice latte, get the pumpkins out, get the spooky shit on the doors. Yeah. It is time for the winter slash fall vibes to, to swell over this country. Yeah. I think something about fall just kind of tempers things down, calms things down a bit. So I, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to fall this year. Yeah. And I hope I don't regret saying that with some crazy thing happening. It's like, oh, the world's over, you know, which yeah. is a lot of things going on seem that way. But. I'm going to still speak positively. I'm going to try to, for the next couple episodes, there's a lot of shit going on. I want to touch on it, give my respects, you know, send prayers and everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I feel like I, we just been so bogged down mm-hmm. in 2020, just weighted down, not able to just be our real genuine jovial selves. And I'm tired of it. Yep. You know, I opened up a bottle last night was Italian night here at the, at the Williams house. Okay. Okay. Sierra made some chicken parm, mm. all kind of little roasted vegetables and everything like that. Opened up a bottle of wine, red. Uh, we had some gelato for dessert and just mm-hmm. watched like old vines. Mm-hmm. Like you ever get into a YouTube rabbit hole? Yeah. And now all the TVs, you can just use the internet on them. Watched a bunch of old vines, old like live concerts of some of our favorite musicians and things like that. And just, just chilled out and just was mindless for a okay. couple hours. And it was just a really good time. I don't want to get back to that. I want to just get back to having good times. Yeah. And, and and not being so bogged down. I know it's 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 a revolution going on and all that, and I'm all for it. But we need to be able to take a break every now and then and just be like, let's just watch a comedy movie and relax. Yeah, it's it's necessary to decompress. Yep. Anyway, Fran, what's going on, man? How's things going? How's life? Talk about it. Um, same old, same old. Nothing's really new. Max, um, walking, talking. Uh, eating solid foods, crawlings, eating like peanut butter and like little Straight out the baby thing, huh? foods. No, we put him on his little thing. And he just met, just makes a massive. Oh, okay. Throw it all <laughs> on his face, his face. Uh, uh, other than that, he's 
He's not. He's not a says no. I mean, like shake his head no. Oh, okay. Um, you can tell him say give me a kiss. He's not give you a kiss. Um, he says dada. That's the only thing he does. Nice. I don't know if he's actually saying dada, but saying it something. sounds like it. It's saying something. Well, but take, to me, yeah, you take your win where you can get. Yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, Sophie's fine. The family's fine. Uh, I'm glad the the weather is. Yesterday was beautiful. Yes, it wasn't hot. Majorly, I don't need my sun hat anymore. I can wear my regular uh baseball cap at work. But everything's fine, man. How about yourself? Life's good, man. Um, everything is, you know, uh, the Jensen and Holes Murder Squad episode came out. Yeah, shout out to them. And um, the reception has been really cool from that. Uh, you know, that was really dope for us to be able to do that. And shout out to all the other, it's like 10 people that they, you know, podcasters and journalists and everything that they put out on Stitcher Premium. I hope that at some point it comes out on, you know, Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. But it's their business, what they do with their content. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I feel like everybody's not gonna go to the premium thing to to listen yeah and especially our listeners i don't know we're asking them to do patreon and all this all this stuff going on to be asking people for money yeah now, i'm not saying anything negative to them i'm just saying i i think that it will be cool at some point after you know you give you give people the exclusive look and then you put it out for the masses in a couple months or whatever like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, hopefully i, I don't more of a, a broader audience than just that yeah exactly now i'm speaking to it <laughs> People who are on like on HBO TV shows yeah, yeah. and have a well, major podcast, yeah, but, you yeah. know, hey guys, broaden your audience, you know, from <laughs> the, the hundreds of thousands to like more hundreds. Well, of thousands and our benefit is what I is, is what I yeah, sure, selfishly, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I would like our <laughs> listeners to be able to hear it. My mom's not going to get Stitcher Premium. Yeah, you know, I had to play it for Sierra on my phone because I have okay. Stitcher Premium. I mean, she probably would have got it to listen to it, but yeah. I was like, yeah, just listen to it on my phone, you know. Um, anyway, but that was super cool. So it's I, I'm really in podcasts zone right now mm -hmm. with the patreon and with that episode coming out and trying to have things lined up for when that episode came out and so as far as all that stuff goes that stuff's going great yeah so i'm excited about that people continue to you know join the patreon which we'll get into in a little bit but before we talk about ourselves more i wanted to continue to send prayers out to the west coast man uh california northern california specifically but it's just every it's just so many fires going on and apparently this shit started from a gender reveal bro wow that's the that's the word on the street that's the word on the internet is that somebody wanted you to know really bad that their baby has a dick so they went out and like blew up with whatever you know some kind of pyrotechnics you know uh, some kind of event okay and the shit went array and wow. i guess they just dipped out it was like oh we can't we don't know how to put a fire out. Yeah. And just left. And now thousands of acres. I think it might be like, I don't need, I don't want to say millions, but lots and lots and lots of land is now burning. People are, the skies are orange in the middle of the day because yeah. all the smoke and the fire. And um, can you get charged for that? Or is that like, a, I think if they can trace it back to one specific person, I hope they charge them. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's insane. That's crazy. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> just leave. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, this got out of hand. You know, yeah. I'm not really a big fan of gender reveals unless it just cut a cake, man. It just doesn't make any sense. I didn't have, I have two kids. We yeah. didn't have not one gender reveal. I, I like <laughs> the idea of a gender reveal. If one of the spouses, does, like if you're trying to reveal it to the, husband or to the boyfriend girlfriend yeah. to the spouse or to the woman maybe she doesn't want to that i've seen that happen where the woman like don't tell me don't i don't know. i don't want the gynecologist to tell me yeah what's what's going on inside of me and then at the party it'll i'll know then yeah but to be like hey family and the internet guess what we're having we know we're revealing it to y'all yeah like, fuck off yeah. i don't i'm not a fan of that yeah but i do like the idea of like surprising a 
a father with what their gender is going to be. Yeah. I don't like the idea, though, that it's always like when it's like, oh, man, a girl. That's gross to me. So I don't like that. Like, everybody always wants a boy in those gender reveal videos. Yeah. Either way, cut a cake, have a cupcake, put a balloon why don't out. You, well, no, not me. I'm about to say, why don't you do it during a baby shower, but you can't buy gifts. So never mind. What is this? I said, why Why don't people do it doing at the baby shower at the same time? But oh, because you, you don't know. Gifts, yeah, exactly. Gifts. Exactly. Yeah. You got to yeah. do gender reveal yeah. first. So but either way, buy. I have never done, I haven't, we haven't done a, a gender reveal because I don't like, um, you want me to come to two parties? Yeah. I don't have the time to do that. I don't like putting on pants for many things, man. Yeah. I like to be in my house and um, to have me come to a, th- a this and a that and yeah. this is tied into that. It's all having to do with the baby. I don't just do one thing tied <laughs> up it. in a circle. That is it. And, and and put a bow on it and you get my time for that day. I'm coming to one and not the other. And most likely I'm not coming to a gender reveal because I just don't subscribe to them. Yeah. I think that they're uh, a pointless and I think that it is nobody. Nobody cares. The only people that care at those things are the grandparents. Yep. And maybe a close friend who wants you to have a boy or a girl, you know, and and I really am not a fan of that whole. It gets contentious, man. Some people are excited it's a girl. Some people are mad it's a boy. So yeah. It's usually the guy that'd be like, oh, having a girl. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy, but I really wanted a boy. Yeah, but matter. I don't like that moment, man. You, you should just want your kid to be healthy. Nobody should ever be like, and then the, the smoke gets pink and it's like, oh. Well, because you, you see how you, how how somebody how somebody really feels once they see the color. Exactly. Even man. if they even, even no if they be like, from exactly. Even if they go, oh, it doesn't matter. As soon as you see that pink or blue, yeah, whatever. I didn't want you. Yeah. And then it's on video, and you can't watch that in years. And yeah. It's like, oh, in that you moment, didn't even, you didn't even want me. <laughs> you wanted me to be named Brian or whatever, you know. So um, uh, I condemn those people harshly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what kind of event they could have been doing to start a fucking eighteen alarm fire. What kind of gender reveal were you doing? Listen, man. Dynamite? This is, we in social media prime right now. Yeah, they, and probably, they people, probably went all out, man. Yeah, people, let's, let's do this. Oh, people going to see. It's like you want to, you all, everybody wants to be the first to do something. You want to try something new. They went too outside the box, went too outside. Maybe probably fucking got a fucking hot air balloon or something and let it explode into whatever color it is. A or big something. nuclear cloud of, of pink dust and the shit just, was, the, the dust was flammable. Yeah. Hit, hit the balloon flame. And just rain fire. And they yep. were like, oh, <laughs> run. And just left. Everybody scattered. I hope they trace it back to those people. I mean, they. I don't I don't think there's a fine you can put on a person. There's, there's no way to um, calculate this fine. They burned. <laughs> they burned down California. Something. So I don't, I don't, you know, like what? A billion dollars. You can't. Char- they're never going to get that. Well, you still but they need to be brought to. Yeah, ex- absolutely, man. That's insane. That's absolutely ridiculous. Also, while we're on the subject of California. <laughs> Before I get to Portland, because it's the same thing going on in Portland with the fires and everything like that. Uh, over the weekend, it looked like, to me, the video looked like a little boy. I don't know, though. It, it might <laughs> have been the angle. Yeah. Uh, somebody ran up and shot two police officers while they were sitting in their squad car. Just, you know, I don't know what they were doing in the car. But he shot both of them in the head, apparently. I think that they are both in, in critical condition, fighting for their lives. Um, defund the police, any of this kind of stuff. You know, this is not what people are talking about. Not me, anyway. Yeah. I want to make my stance firm because um, that's not okay. There's nothing okay with that's despicable and 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 um, and absolutely wrong to the way that we don't want a broad stroke painted against us and people going out and doing random stuff to whatever race because how they feel about something a person that looks like me did. You know, um, it was the same thing when uh, Taken, the dude uh, Liam Neeson. 
Yeah. He had a friend that got sexually assaulted by a black person or something. And he goes, and I think he was in that moment of transparency, trying to be honest about looking at himself and how he looks at race. And he said, when I heard it was a black dude, I went out for like three nights straight just looking for a black dude and I was going to beat the shit out of them, you know? And that's what happened to me. I think that's what happened in the case of these two police officers being shot. You see all this news and all this anti-police things going on. And then uh, the, the lowest common denominator a person goes out and does something insane. But I want it to be known that they don't speak for me and they don't speak for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of these movements, like 90% of these protests have been peaceful. It's been, you know, smatterings of some violence and that's not okay, but I think that as a whole, the people leading these movements are coherent and um, want things that are on paper and not just to burn things down and destroy things and hurt people. I don't, I think, I don't think that is, at least, again, I'm speaking for myself, that's not what I mean when I'm talking about we want def- to defund the police and reimagine the way policing works in this country. I don't mean, like, kill police. I don't think that's what anybody means. Exactly, but it's in the same way... And that's why I feel like people need to come out and speak on this and denounce this, because when Donald Trump goes out and says the things that he says and it riles up his base and then some crazy person goes out and hurts somebody, you need to be accountable for that because that's your rhetoric in action. Yeah. So when we're out here, fuck the police, they got these kids holding up, fuck the police signs. I've seen a lot of things within these movements that I don't approve of, but I approve of the whole overall message. But some of that stuff seeps into the lowest common denominator of person, people who don't give a fuck, people who are just out here angry and they just hear fuck the police and it's the police and they're hurting us and we got to fight back and it's time for us to get guns. And then you get a result like this that happened. Yeah, well, I think when 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 you see stuff like that and uh, people goes people go. See, they don't care about the police when they, people hold time, say fuck the police. That's not what I feel like they get in the wrong message of. No, this. it's it's it's. It's resentment. People don't, these people aren't saying fuck the police because just fuck the police. It's generational that's animosity what, but, and, and anger. But that's what I mean. But when people say it, they don't, that's what I'm saying, they're getting the wrong message because they, whatever, what's happening to us as black people, they they can't relate. So they they going, see, they saying they don't care. Yeah. Or they going, well, or what happens you guys when say somebody re- breaks into your house? Yeah. Do you bet you want exactly. a police officer then? You know? But that's not what that's that, not what we mean by reform the po- that's not yeah. that's not I what w- it means. I would love for when my house gets burgled, I call a police officer and I know a police I'm officer safe. is gonna show up and, exactly. and do a good job. Yeah. But for a lot of black people in this country, that has not been their experience with police officers. Yeah. So this fantasy of Oh yeah, the police officer just kind of walking down the street whistling and you know twirling his baton. He's like, "Oh, is a cat stuck in a tree? Let me help you, sir." That's not the experience that Black people have had with policing in this country yeah. generationally yep. since the inception of police. The job of police, loitering laws, all these kind of laws that you jaywalking. Yep. These laws were invented to put Black people in jails and have them work for slave wages. That's just a fact. Yeah. When slavery was abolished. Black people didn't have any jobs because they weren't slaves anymore. And nobody's going to hire you to be do work. White, white people get jobs. Black people are slaves. So when black people were just sitting around with nothing to do because they were free and but then couldn't get a job. Oh, you're sitting around. You can't sit around here. Lock you up. Chain gang. Yeah. In prison is just another. Whenever I see that in movies, I go, how is this people, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was like a chain gang. Like, what do they do? Oh, yeah. they break rocks all day. It's like, well, where do the rocks go? Yeah. And then you find out, oh, they use the rocks to like for construction purposes. And I was like, oh, this is, this is slavery. Yeah. 
you know, they put all these people out. They're out on in the field still with yeah. chains on themselves, but now they have on stripes, so it's rehabilitation. Trash. Yeah, yeah, it, it's slave, it's slave labor. Yeah. So that's been the experience of black people with policing in this country for for generations. It hasn't been this like, oh, a police officer's here to save the day. Yeah. You know. Now, what I will say is, we do need to be held responsible for what's going on in these neighborhoods. Still, though, I mean, there's a lot of crime going on in these neighborhoods. And we've spoken on that a bunch. I I personally think that the war on drugs is fueling all of it. You yeah. know, if, if people didn't have reasons to fight over territories and reasons to shoot people, it's all for money. It's all for money and, yeah. and drugs. And, and and if it's not for money and drugs, it's for um, retribution, which probably came from money or drugs. Mm -hmm. You killed my cousin over a drug deal. Now I'm going to kill you and your cousin and all your cousins. And then it's just this endless war of, of back and forths. Yeah. But it all, if you trace it back, it all came from some kind of money. It's yeah. pretty well known to people like, oh, yeah, he got bodies. Like, don't oh, mess yeah. with that guy. <laughs> like, people know that what these people are capable of. Well, I was reading a book that was interesting about these, a lot of these, um, these uh, databases about serial killers and all these kind of things. They don't know what to do with gang crime because they can't trace it all back to one person every time. Yeah. But if you, even for the sake of a gang, if you're the gang's hitman. Yeah. If you have shot and killed twelve people, you're a kind of a serial killer. Yeah, it was it was it was a a girl came across that I was gonna do her story, but it just wasn't enough information. That's why I just like went past her. I just didn't worry about it. Uh -huh. But she was this hit. She was this hitman. Mm -hmm. Had like hit maybe woman. like hit women. Yeah, hit had like hit person. Hit friend. Per okay, we, hit person. We hit, did not discriminate. <laughs> she hit, was a hit person. Hit person, and she had maybe had like 10, 12 bodies. Yeah, but that's insane. Yeah. But she got caught. Mm -hmm. uh, lacking is what the term is being sure. used. And, and somebody you know, got somebody her. Somebody got her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she was known for being, you know, that person. That's when they send she was like Snoop from The Wire. When they that's what they called her. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very much like yeah, Snoop yeah, yeah. from the show The Wire. Yep. Um in lighter news though, before let's just get out of this. I don't you know, because we're not gonna solve anything. It's very interesting though. I I yeah. went into a YouTube hole with that. Oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna check that, that out. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, talking yeah. about we're not gonna solve inner city gang violence yeah, yeah, and yeah. police, you know, um, mistrust we're not, we're not going to solve it on this podcast yeah. so why keep rambling on about it um in lighter news uh one carol baskin remember that show joe exotic that came out like 40 years ago before when when the world was just a little simple and people go oh there's some kind of like uh flu going around yeah. tiger know? king yeah tiger king yeah um when when the world was a simpler time and you know people were just kind of hanging out in the house just to just to avoid getting yeah. sick it wasn't mandatory or people weren't terrified oh you mean when the president already knew about it but didn't let everybody know yeah then back okay. then back then when yeah. he wanted to down when he wanted to play it down yeah in his words mm -hmm. uh back in that time when everybody was like what is this show this is silly and rambunctious yeah uh now <laughs> what feels like 80 years later because yeah. it's just so much of shit has gone on um, they're capitalizing on all that heat when mm. the fire's it's dead cold. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Joe Exotic anymore or anything like that. But right now, in the next couple of months, we got Carol Baskins is going to be on Dancing with the Stars, a show yeah. I don't watch. Mm -hmm. um, they are a, a Joe Exotic Tiger King show has been greenlit, starring Nicolas Cage. It's going to be on Amazon. It's so, a TV show. Yeah, all that stuff we were doing when it first came out. Who's going to play this person? And who's who's Carol Baskins? Gonna, nobody cares anymore. People are probably going to watch it when it comes. Like, so people are saying it. I know I don't care anymore. When did this come out? What? Tiger King. When was it hot? I can't remember. <sighs> February? Maybe. February. March? I could be wrong. It fe it feels like three years ago. But it, was before, March, it was before Kobe? It was after, it was after Kobe? Kobe. 
It was after Kobe. Kobe was like January. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it was like March. Um, but yeah, yeah. they're cap- they're really capitalizing on that, you know, that iron while the iron's hot. They're gonna late. strike, you know, and nobody gives a shit anymore. But one thing that I saw was very funny, and this will be the most 2020 thing. So I'm like, man, fuck it, just do it. Joe Exotic has been has officially reached out to Donald Trump to ask him to pardon him because he had an unfair trial. So, uh, you know, Joe Exotic is in prison for, you know, killing all these animals and all, all the things that they got him on. But they also got him on, like, attempted murder or something. And he says he didn't do that part. Attempted but he's still on Carol Baskins and all this type of oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He had some kind of hit for hire. Oh, yes, for, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they got him on the animals. That's what he's doing the most time for. Okay. And he's saying he got railroaded and all this kind of stuff. 2020 has been so insane that I'm like, you know what, man? Fuck it. Pardon him, man. Fuck it. You know, like, Donald Trump... It's been a show for all these four years. How much of a show would it be if in the season premiere of Dancing with the Stars, Carol Baskins comes out, she's dancing, and then you just hear like glass break and the st- uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin music. By God, it's so exotic. He mm. comes out, mullet swinging, a fucking tiger shirt on, and he just comes out talking shit. Yeah, bitch, I'm alive. Yeah. I'm out here. And then they just have a dance battle. Yeah, That would be the most 2020 thing of all 2020 things. And I'm for it, man. I'm here for it. Free Joe Exotic, man. Yeah. I don't care, man. That's where I'm at in 20. I'm like, fuck, whatever. See, we'll see what, whatever you want to do. The vaccine's coming out in October. Whatever. I'm not getting it, but fuck it, man. Let it out. See if it's followed. vaccine? Yeah. No test like, run. Take it, and, you know, leg fall off or some crazy shit like yeah, that. Yeah, man. I, fuck it, man. I don't, what, I, I don't nah, care I'm anymore, right. man. Everything's burning down. Fuck it, bro. Like, live. live. Hey. Isn't Kurt Bass like a murderer, though? Like Allegedly. Walking- I mean, not allegedly. The word on the street is Carol Baskins killed her ex-husband. Yeah. And I don't know if there's an S on the end of Baskins, but I like saying it. So Carol Baskins, the 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 theory is she killed her ex-husband. And ABC was like, you know what, man? But she's so white hot right now. Everybody was talking about Tiger King. So I think they free. think it's March. And that's the thing about these corporations. Is they get shit so late yeah. that they're like, oh, everybody loves Tiger King, right? And that was like a decade ago. Yeah. But now they're like, oh, Carol Baskin. Everybody loves Carol Baskin. Let's let's do let's put her on Dancing with the Stars. Why? Nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. I'm not gonna watch it. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars at, at nah. regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't why would I want to watch people dance bad? But you should have put Carol Baskin on Dancing with the Stars in April. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they was going when everybody cared, you know? Nobody cares anymore. But ABC was like, Yeah, man, fuck that. Carol Baskin. I say free Joe Exotic. Fuck it. Fuck them tigers, man. You know, like, I, whatever, man. Fuck those tigers. I just, I'm, that's where I'm at with it, man. I don't care. Let him do what he wants to do. If he wants to reach out to Donald I hope, Trump. I hope none of the listeners go like, ugh, when you said no, that. No, I mean, they might. I love tigers. I just mean in the grand scheme of, but you just I just mean, fuck the tigers. I understand what I'm saying. I understand what I said. And yeah. of course, it's not literally fuck tigers. I would never fuck a tiger. I mean, I'm better than I that. I didn't say that. That's Is not that what not I what meant. you meant? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I would just wow. on record for the record though I would never fuck a tiger if yeah. that if that's why, what anybody well, why, took it. why would that even come up? Listen, man, I don't know. Las Vegas is an interesting town. I'm not going to get into it, but what? Th- what are we talking about, man? Have you, have you ever been to the? I've uh, never been to Las Vegas. Okay, well then you don't know anything about Siegfried and Roy's tigers. They have a great tiger exhibit, and they're very stunning tigers there. I'm just saying. But I would never fuck one of them. But they're they're handsome tigers. My point is I would never fuck a tiger, friend, and I'm going to move on. I never on. said that. Fuck a tiger, fuck the tigers, <laughs> whatever people might have misread from what I was saying. What I mean is I don't care what Joe Exotic did because 2020 is so insane yeah. that if he, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump lets him out is my point. 
So just fuck it. I'm not going to act surprised if it happens. So whatever, fuck it. If that's what he got, that's what got him in jail and Donald Trump pardons him. Fuck it, man. He killed the tigers. He He killed the babies. It's awful and all that kind of stuff. But it's 2020, man. Have we really, would we really be surprised? No, but if he does that in the middle well, the shit going on. Pandemic. You know what? Uh, Joe Exotic, I saw Tiger King, really loved it. Um, he's a good guy, funny guy. Yeah. Pardon. He's free. This dude was worrying about tires, bro. <laughs> tires. I'm, I'm not, we're not gonna, we're not doing this, friend. We said, we made a, we shit made, is hilarious. We, we made a vow. Shit is wild. We're not, we're not. Tires? Doing. People are dying. You worry about <laughs> tires. <laughs> Don't go buy. Don't go buy Goodyear tires. Goodyear tires. Poor what? tires. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you can do is laugh sometimes. This shit is so fucked up. There's <laughs> people dying in the hospital. Tires is poorly made tires. Don't buy their tires. The trash tires. American made tires. At that. <laughs> Fuck the Goodyear plant. The shut. The plant should be shut down. Those people. Trash people. Fuck the Goodyear. <laughs> it's just so fucking it's crazy, wild. bro. Anyway, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> it's uh it's time for us to toot our own horns before we go on this break man um it's it's time to celebrate once again we got some dope patrons and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and shout them out man yeah hey but uh, if we don't hit 100 that's cool yeah you know what man I, <laughs> they got me on the ropes friend i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie to you bro we are at 96 patrons right now uh if you're listening to this the 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 uh, contest ends at midnight yeah on the dot it will be ending at midnight on the dot not a day sooner if you're listening to this on a Monday, the day that this episode comes out, it is over at 12 o'clock. Yeah. If we do not hit 100, we're not doing I'm it. I'm not doing no WAP. No, no, there will be no <laughs> wet-ass podcast to be seen for any of you. And I mean that. Not a day out. I don't care if you if you if uh, the money's coming on Wednesday, if you plan on it, then it doesn't count to the 100. The, we, you, we didn't think it was going to happen this fast, okay? And I'm a little bit nervous because I have not stretched in many years, and I'm a little concerned that I might blow something out. But we are men of our word. And if we hit 100 by the end of the uh, the day of Monday, we will absolutely be releasing a video of us doing the WAP dance. But I really I really did not expect it to get to 96. And um, people, some of the people responsible for that, who I am furious with, this is some of the amazing people responsible for us possibly having to do the WAP dance, okay? We're going to go Nicole L. Shout out to you, Nicole. She's officially an Affirminator, and we fucks with you. We else we got? We got Lisa D... Mm, a lot of lot of umlauts and things over that. We're gonna go Lisa N D. You know who you are, Lisa. She paid us in euros, Fran. Oh, bet. Oh, you're, we're overseas, Fran. We out here. She paid us in euros. Uh, who else we got? We got Jessica M. I'm gonna stop saying people's whole last names because I, I got some comments about that saying like, hey, I don't really want people to know my whole last name. Okay. My whole name. That's fine. So we're just gonna do name Sorry. abbreviation. I'm uh, sorry about that. And you know, if you if you're on the, on the run, you committed some crimes. Yeah. I didn't mean to expose you. Sorry. Uh, Kimberly J. Shout out to you, Kim J. Fucking with you. Who else we got? I'm, I'm going to, anybody who has like a nickname, I'm going to say the whole thing. I'm not going to, so we got Digital Kiki. You know, apparently she's very big into the digital space or something. Okay. She maybe has websites or things like that. All right. Who else we got? We got Carol J. I think she'll say Baskins. I'm going to say, whoa. Carol, I'm sorry, that was Caroline. Oh. Okay. I got Carol Baskins <laughs> on the brain. Uh, that was Caroline J.R. She has two last names. Okay. Uh, you know, she's maybe, a junior? No. No. Right. No. <laughs> she's not. Uh, who else we got? We got Abby. Shout out to you, Abby. Fuck with you. Abby Kadabby. Abby Kadabby. Yeah. Who else we got? We got Patty S. You know, um, also, shout out to Patty LaBelle. I'm sure she won that versus against Gladys Knight. It's today. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure. So I'm going to, once we get oh, done yeah, with right. this. Yeah, well, yeah. it was yesterday, officially. Oh, yeah. It was on a Sunday. Yeah. Let's say Sorry. that. It was on a Sunday. 
I'm gonna once we finish recording, I'm gonna check that out and get me a glass of wine, put some, oh, yeah, some gospel too. music on, just have a whole event about it. Plus, we got we got Lisa P. Shout out to Lisa P. Man, yep. she's in the Facebook group. Fucks with her. Uh, we got Rar, Rarbecca. Okay. I think it's Rebecca, but it's Rar. I fuck with it. That's very emo. Taking us back to the <laughs> early 2000s. I bet she had pink bangs. Fucking yeah. with you, Rarbecca. Uh, who else we got on here? We got Kelly Moody. Mm, uh, Kelly M. <laughs> we got Kelly M on here. Uh, we got we got Shameless Curves. Okay. Fuck with you, Shameless Curves. Did we say that already? I don't think so. Okay. We got no reason. You got no reason to be ashamed of those curves. Yeah. Don't ever be ashamed of those curves. Who else we got on here? We got Dolores T. Fucking with you, Dolores T. Who else we got here? We got Tanya Z. Okay. And that last name, I'm glad I had to say Z because it's a hard one. Mm. Who else we got on here? We got Monica C. Okay. Shout out to you, Monica. Who else we got on here? Um, What's your pleasure? We got Jasmine B. Shout out to you, Jasmine. Who else we got on here? We got Cole. Just Cole. No even, no even, I don't even have to do a a letter. Okay. We got Derica. Oh, I'm sorry. We got D-Erica. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got D-Erica Candace W. Okay, I need to see the origins of that name. Yeah, that's uh, you know she's a, uh, her she, father's name. Is, her father, yeah, yeah. Her she's father's a- name is Derek, <laughs> and her mother's name is Erica. Yeah. D. Erica. Boom. Okay. Figured it out for you, friend. Don't worry about this. All right. We got Deja, V. C. N. P. And mm. I don't think that's the last name. If it is, I, dang, uh, Deja, we. I'd like to talk. How do you say that? V. C. N. P. I'd like to know. Who else we got in here? We got Haley W. Shout out to you, Haley. We Haley appreciate. Oh, maybe I would. I can't say. Oh, you know what, friend? I can't say the last name, friend. Uh, so we'll, people will never uh, know. Dang. We saw kind of illustrious people on our Patreon. It could mm. be Haley. Maybe it's Haley Williams. Maybe it's not. I know. <laughs> uh, who else we got on here? We got Liz and Shayna. Okay, they did a two for they one. Did? Okay, I didn't even know you could do that on Patreon. I like to be innovative. Y'all, yeah. y'all sharing a Patreon what, they split in the these fees? times. I love it. I love to get in the, I love when people find a way to be ingenuity, man. Yeah. Split the Patreon, bro. Split hey, look, the, we gonna we gonna get the six dollar. We only pay three dollars. Boom. There you go. Who else we got on here? We got Lydia K. Fucking Lydia K. Who else okay. we got on here? We got Shatira J. Shatira, Shatira. I love that name. Who else we got on here? We got Jerome N. Shout out to Jerome. Fuck with you. Very hard. Thank Jerome. you very much, sir. Mm, okay. That's my middle name. So I just yeah, have I, I have I have a I have a a kinship with anybody I with Roman Watch my uh, Dominique D. Shout out to you, Dominique D. We we fuck with you all the long way. Double uh, D's. D- D- yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> Double D's all day. Uh who else we got on here? We got Erica. Shout out to you, Eric Erica. And who else we got on here? We got Leisha N. I'm, maybe Leisha? it's Alicia, but it's just Leisha. Okay. Fuck with that. You know, I don't got time for the A. Just we just gonna we're gonna, we gonna cut this down a little bit. Who else we got here? We got Siobhan. Shout out to Siobhan C. Fuck with you, Siobhan C. She's got a picture of her kissing a cat. We love it. And those people are the responsible for the heavy wave that we got over the last few days. Perfect ending. I think there's something about the WAP uh, element mm-hmm. that got people, they, they want to see us fucking, you know, pull a groin or whatever. Yeah. I've, I've gotten some messages saying, hey, man, don't rupture your Achilles again for the WAP. Yeah, be whopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not worth it, you know. But you know what? For the Patreon members, it is worth it. That's how I feel. But again, let me reiterate. If we don't have 100 by midnight of the day this episode's released, yeah. we're not doing it. I didn't expect us to get this close, and now I'm nervous. Yeah. I wanted to text you yesterday and go, Saturday, I wanted to go, hey, man, what's the what's the count? But I didn't want to go. I didn't want you to go. Yo, you were nervous. Hey, huh? man, don't don't be chicken out on me. Yeah, so no. I, I yeah, didn't okay, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> well, you can't. Because yeah. you can't. Yeah. But I'm letting people know, if we don't hit 100, 
you ain't getting the WAP. It's no wet ass podcast happening anywhere. Yeah. It's no two wops for one. It ain't happening. I didn't think you guys would rally this hard yeah. and put our backs against the ropes this way. And I, res- while I respect it and appreciate it, I am nervous because I didn't think this was possible. Yeah. And yet here we are. Here we stand. Okay. Once again, we're going to do the same thing. There will be no music because we just celebrated all those amazing people. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. It's your turn, right, friend? No, it's your turn. Okay, cool. Well, when we come back, we'll get all that figured out, yep. and we'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. I could have sworn it was your turn to go first this week. You were wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong, oh, and we, it is we, my we, goal. we fought it out, and you lost, and, yeah. and you, you, you know, it is you my know goal who is the dominant. Go first. <laughs> go first. I don't know about that. It's not <laughs> my turn to go first. My affirmative murder this week is the full story of Adnan Sid and the murder of Heyman Lee. Oh, Adnan Saeed? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Adnan Saeed. Yeah, okay, man. Adnan. Yeah, well, yeah. I had his first name right. Adnan yeah. Saeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you have heard his story before. Yeah, it's a major story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, maybe I've came across it, but didn't, yeah, it's the didn't whole, know the full details. It's the whole basis of the, about that podcast serial. Like, the first season was about Adnan That is Saeed. what I'm going to bring up. Oh, okay, cool. Well, thanks. What do you think? Jeez, oh, man. You, I'm, what I'm telling you is <laughs> nobody's like... Who's Adnan Saeed? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> tell the story, but it's like, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, but um, so um, so not a single piece of evidence that tied Adnan Saeed to the 1999 murder of Heyman Lee, mm-hmm. um, but was convicted anyway. Um, so I came across the story where I was just, you know, typical day, just oh, we got to record, so I need mm-hmm. to find, I need to look up some story, do some research a couple of days ago. Um, so the first thing that came up was um. The Serial Podcast. Yes. So I was like, oh, well. Great podcast. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go listen to this episode. This whole bunch oh, of Oh, it's episodes. a series. Yeah, yeah series. Yeah. I just only got to like episode two, but mm-hmm. um, great episodes, very detailed. It's a great show about Sarah, it on HBO. Sarah Keenig. Yeah, Sarah Keenig, I think is the host of that uh, Serial Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a great job. Uh, that that podcast is like the complete opposite of what we do oh absolutely because it's like yeah interviews and yeah. you talk, talk to we're, the people yeah and, we're like we're like a little side note on a in a magazine of like hey did you hear about this it's just you know and for more information that's that's how we should in all of our podcasts like for more information go read or listen to somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how we should end every podcast yeah. but we won't yeah but also that podcast like blew up when that story got out big time i think we can get there one day 340 million downloads it's crazy, but yeah. I think it well, we're gonna have to make sure we <laughs> we're gonna have to lean on the funny and the you know because uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to crime scenes and yeah. and, and talking gotta, to yeah. interviewing people. It's just not prison. Happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But she did a great job on that. They yeah. did a great job. Great, great podcast. If you haven't heard it, I think you should go. Once you download it, go all the way to the beginning. It's sure. a full series. Um. So on February 12, 1999, the Baltimore Sun reported that the partially buried body found in Lincoln Park, which is in Gwen Falls, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um. That week, looking was, at a house in Gwen Falls. Okay, it's a nice neighborhood. Like, like the area, just yeah. This despite Lincoln Park, this, Lincoln Park, <laughs> right there, it is a nice. It is a nice. I don't want people to think because there's a lot of bodies that show up in Lincoln Park. Yeah, but Gwen Falls is a nice area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so earlier that week was indeed the missing 18 year old Woodlawn High student Heyman Lee. At that point, Lee had been missing for almost an entire month, and officials had yet to assess just how exactly she died, though they did expect homicide. The last known contact with Lee was on January 13, 1999, when she was drove when she drove her 1998 Nissan Sentra to pick up her six year old cousin, and head to work at the local lens crafters. Mm. We thought she would come back, 
her uncle uh, Taso Kemp said. She never did. They only found her body. There were no obvious signs of trauma, but signs of strangulation too became apparent, and that combined with the location of her body, which had been left in a, in a popular dumping ground for a homicide victims, pointed to the cause of her death being murder. It's crazy that there's a park where it's like these bodies turn up. Yeah. But it's like, to me, when I, when I think about it, it's like, is this person... Well, it's also a big park. It's a big park, but yeah. I'm saying is this has has this person done this before and put up multiple bodies there, or it's just like that's oh, the, these no. this is where bodies go. That's the I'll th- also yeah. put it. That's there. the theory is that Leakin Park is is known in the crime underworld. Yeah, of like oh yeah, you can just go take a body out there and bury it, get rid of it, whatever. And that's kind of that's that's the that's the allure of Leakin Park to yeah. that element of people. Yeah, it's like it's a big park. There's a lot of land. It's mm-hmm. somewhere to just you could just dump a body off and they won't find it for a few days. Yeah, because as opposed to where else you put in you put a body in a dumpster or something like people will come upon that. Yeah, but Leakin Park is so big that you could buy yourself a few days just dumping their body off somewhere. Yeah. You know, people have burned bodies down in out in Leakin Park. Like you know, it's been a lot of foul shit that's happened in Leakin Park. Yeah. Uh, so family, wait, so Lee's family gather at their home at Rock Ridge Road upon receiving official um, confirmation that she had died. The 18-year-old, who was born in Korea, but immigrated with her mother and brother at the age of 12, was mourned and remembered fondly by friends and relatives that day. Mm-hmm. Lee's father wasn't present as he was against immigrating to, to the States and decided to remain in Korea. He essentially cut off all contact with the rest of, the, the rest of his family with no record of how he received the news. Woodlawn High's principal, James Wilson, remembered Lee's, Lee fondly that day as quiet and popular. She was a very warm type person, well-liked by all students. During her time as a student in Woodlawn, Lee was a valued member of the lacrosse and field hockey team, and as well as the manager of the wrestling team. Her job at Lenscrafters, too, was a no mere filler to pass the time. Lee wanted to become an optician. Perhaps most tragically, she was supposed to leave on vacation to France the day authorities confirmed that it was her, it was her body that has been um, discovered in Lincoln Park. Had her whole life ahead of her. Yeah, I mean, she had a she had a video for the news where she was like this uh, field hockey, I mean, uh, uh, lacrosse mm-hmm. star. Yeah. Um, and she she had a head on straight. And she was yeah, she a was smart a very well liked young yeah. lady, man. Um, the HBO series dives into her what was going on in her personal life a little more. Yeah, because I as you as you'll get to. A lot of people think that Adnan Saeed is innocent, but there's yeah. also a lot of people who who don't think that. Yeah. This is still a debated case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and where I, I don't know where I fall on it, so I'll let you continue. Yeah. So authorities initially considered a possible connection between the murder of Heyman Lee and the body of another 18-year-old Woodlawn girl, Janita Lambert, who was found strangled in the wilderness a year prior. This theory was soon dismissed, however, when the Baltimore Police Department received an anonymous phone call claiming that Lee's ex-boyfriend, 70-year-old Adnan Saeed, was responsible for the murder of Heyman Lee. Mm-hmm. I get it. You get a lead, you got to jump on it. But get a lead, jump on it, and then lock onto it like, oh, this is the person? Yeah. It's like, not. I don't think it's a, I don't think you're doing your full due diligence as, sure. um, on this case. That's, good That's just it. my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. The Baltimore police logically followed a promising lead. An anonymous caller pointed them to Anad Saeed, who was an alleged spurn lover 
um, with a potential motive for the murder of Heyman Lee. Again, that's just... <clears throat> that's, the, uh, that's the information they're gathering the, yeah. from whatever witnesses or people calling and things Again, like, that. like but we've talked about this on a lot of people that are innocent, mm-hmm. that once they get that, that one thing, like, oh, this will... Yeah, yeah. Locked on. Locked on. This will help us. Mm-hmm. We're just going to stick with that. <clears throat> As such, police filed an application to subpoena AT&T Wilders um, for call records. 13 cell... 13 cell site locations for Saeed's phone, which would give them a a web of practical data regarding calls made to whom, for how long, and from where the and where to map out Saeed's location on the day of the murder. Saeed's friend Jay Wilds and Jennifer Jay Wilds um, Pou- Jennifer Pusateri was also questioned. <coughs> Jay Wilds, I'm not even gonna. Um, matter of fact, I'm not even gonna say what I want to say about that that dude. Yeah, I have some thoughts, but again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's innocent or not. Jay Wilds? I'm, no, I'm saying oh, Adnan no, not I've been shown a lot of things that makes me believe that he might be innocent, and a lot of that has to do with Jay Wilds. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know for sure, so it's hard for me to to say. But I do think that Jay think Wilds is innocent. lying about a lot of things. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, so I think he's innocent. <clears throat> um. I read her first. So Jennifer told investigators that she received a call from Wiles the day of Lee's disappearance, January 13th, from Saeed's phone. Wiles initially denied everything, but mm-hmm. later told police that he helped Saeed bury Lee's body and get rid of the rid of her car. Mm-hmm. Some argued that some argued that the supposed confession is Wilds is wildly inconsistent with previous versions of Wiles' account regarding the series of events that day. Mm-hmm. And they was um in the podcast in the beginning, she did like this experiment of trying to get teenagers mm-hmm. to remember what they did a month ago or yeah. like some it's like it's hard to as get a, a teenager like every day at that age every day is the same absolutely. and it's like if it wasn't a concert or something <laughs> exactly. you won't remember but so to say to even an adult to if you asked me what were you doing on May fifth of yeah. this year. It's like I don't I have no idea. Yeah. But so if you even can create a thing, it's probably not very true, you know, because yeah. it was just that forgettable of a day. Yeah. But if it, it but when you go, OK, what, what did you do when Kobe passed away? Just for an example. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I was at Alvis house. I drove home mm-hmm. and saw a squirrel run across. The, it was just yeah. like you, everything about that day because of that major event that happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When first questioned, Wiles said he went to McDonald's that afternoon, which changed to a visit to his friend's house during his second interview. Um, Entertainment Weekly wrote. Um, now, see, that's the thing. It's like you can yeah. you can go to McDonald's and go to your friend's house. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. It's just it's just those things that they're not drastically different to me. Yeah, I've gone to McDonald's and then gone to my friend's house a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean. But I also do think Jay Wiles is lying about a lot of shit. But I it I just try to play devil's advocate because. It, I've even though there's a lot of shit going on with like the prosecutor of Adnan Saeed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you still need to be able to go. Well, let me not lock in on he did or lock in on he didn't. You know, so I just try to with stuff like that. That's a change, but it's not a drastic change in the yeah. story. But it all, I mean, but still, it can also it can also be a tactic when you go. So you were, what did you do? Oh, I went to McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. What okay. else did you do? Okay, what else did you did you so you went to McDonald's and you did this and then it's like, oh, so you say you went to McDonald's, right? No, I think I went to my friend's house. It's like it's like 
it's like they kind of forcing him to say, yeah. "You need to. We need you to say this. I can't yeah. tell you to say it, but yeah, I, I kind of need you to say this. Yeah, we need to get how do how do we get you to Adnan Saeed's yeah, house? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so additionally, the interviews with Wilds, originally published by Serial Inspired Podcast, undisclosed the state versus Anad Saeed presents new, numerous lengthy pauses and odd taping and sound and several junctures of his of his recounts of that day's events that suggest coercion. Mm-hmm. Um, it is during these tapes that Wilds seems to remember a key detail or correct a statement and even apologize to those in the room. Mm. So there's a tap tap and then J- and then Jay says, oh, OK, said Susan Simpson, um, an associate with at the Washington, D.C. law firm who participated in the podcast. And suddenly a moment later, he knows the answer. Yeah. And we, and we saw this. We saw this in the Central Park Five case. Yeah. I mean, um, stopping the tape. And then talking off the record, threatening off the record, maybe yeah. scaring them with they could go down for this off the record and then hitting play on the tape again. And now they have the story a little more uh, polished, yeah. you know, so. Yep. So, of course, these potential miscarriages of justice um, in the murder of Heyman Lee would only be un- uncovered years later. Um, so Anas Saeed was arrested on February 28, 1999 and charged with the first degree murder of Heyman Lee. 21 years, man. Yeah. So Saeed's family initially turned to defense attorney Maria Cristina Gutierrez, who boggled this case, Mm -hmm. to represent him. But the relationship was short-lived, according to episode 10 of Serial, when jurors overheard the presiding judge call Gutierrez a liar during a verbal dispute. The judge? Yeah. Damn. (laughs) During a verbal dispute, had his bench... And declared a mistrial. Yeah, that's the, she, that's a rap for a lawyer. Yeah, if the she, judge calls you a liar, she fucked up also because she had like she was like throwing some type of I don't know if it was fraud, but she was like mishandling money of mm, uh, she had people. Shit going so on. she was already she see, so it was like oh we got it. Yeah, this she is, got like got is it is it barred? Is that what the term disbarred. is? Disbarred. Disbarred. Okay, yeah, um, she got disbarred, and that was I think that was the end of her career. Career essentially. Yeah, yeah. You get, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So the second trial in the murder of Heyman Lee saw Charles H. Dorsey. Um, who represented Syed. The court records from this trial show that Syed confirmed to police that he and Lee had dated in 1998 and that he kept her and he kept their involvement secret for the fear of retribution retribution Mm -hmm. from their parents and culture and religious grounds. Their split in in December 1998 was only complicated further when Syed found out Lee had begun dating another man. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of Solely because of hurt feelings with teenagers. Right? But again, they again in the HBO show, which which again I thought was done really well. Yeah, they dive into this and they interview. And now it is skewed Adnan Saeed. It is a it is a it is a a show that is about saying he did Adnan this. Saeed is innocent. Yeah. So when they 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 have like phone interviews from him in prison, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we broke up, but we're still cool. Like I mean, it was whatever. It was it was what it was. And the reason they kept a secret again about the cultural thing is like. He was Muslim. Yeah. You can't date. They don't really want you to date outside your race or date really at all. Yeah. And same thing with Heyman Lee. It's like they didn't want her dating anybody. And she ended up liking some other dude. Yeah. And uh, apparently she was dating both of them at the same time and then, uh, and then ended up d- dumping Adnan. Yeah. But according to him, which it's a thing that's skewed to make him look innocent. He yeah. goes, yeah, man, you know, we were still cool. Like she, bro- she we broke up. I wasn't like. You know, I wasn't like angry about it. You know, it was it was a bummer, but I wasn't like angry, and we st- we stayed cool. Yeah, that's that's his words. Yeah, but I don't. Hey, Min Lee can't speak for herself, so I don't know. 
Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, because the, the phone interviews that they did on the podcast, it was just like, he sounded, now, it could be like, this dude is like, evil and just like. That's what I'm saying. He could be saying what he knows then, he needs to say. <laughs> right. To sound, sound like, calm oh, yeah, and like, oh yeah, no. this dude didn't do it. That's probably, that's probably why I'm saying he didn't do it. Yeah. But he sounds like, to me, he sounds like, you know, man, he's it been was, in prison. whatever. Yeah, he's been in prison for 20 years. It's easy yeah. to go like, I mean, people in high school break up all the time. Like, I mean, that's, I wasn't going to do anything to her. We just broke up. Yeah. But that's easy. You can just say that. Yeah. So I don't know how true it is. We don't know. Heyman Lee can't can't speak for herself and go, oh, yeah, he would call me and threaten me. She can't give her side of the story. Yeah. To say if he if he was um, super cool about the breakup. Mm-hmm. But there's other people who were witnesses who were who were saying who were friends of Heyman Lee and friends with Adnan because Adnan was a popular kid in school. And they were yeah. like, they broke up. But I mean, it was he was they were fine. Yeah. They just broke up. Yeah. Well, they said that um, he wasn't that popular. He wasn't. Oh. He wasn't as popular. He wasn't like they were saying he was popular. He was a star of track and field, yeah. and he was this. But it was like he wasn't really a star of track and field. He wasn't that. That's that's the way they made it. <laughs> that he wasn't that popular. But um, yeah. So again, so because of hurt feeling, he hurt feelings or hurt pride, he chose to kill. That was what uh, Assistant State's Attorney Kevin Urick, um That's what he said. Mm-hmm. There is nothing here to um, excuse or explain. So of course, as childhood friends. Childhood friend of Saeed and author of Adnan's story, Adnan's story, the search for truth and justice after serial, um, Rabia Chaudhry. Char- I hope I'm saying her name right. Yeah. Um, her name is Rob. She's in she's in the show. I'm yeah, yeah. Um, his confession of these personal details were were mere honesty about the facts of his romantic life to those trying to find trying to find Lee's killer and not a careless revealing of motive. So Adnan was just clueless, said Chaudhry. Mm-hmm. Um, he was helping the police investigation. He had no idea that he was under suspicion. Nonetheless, the jury apparently believed that believed the hurt pride motive on February 25th, 2000. Saeed was convicted in the murder of Heyman Lee and soon sentenced to life plus 30 years in prison. Mm. But that is it's a good narrative, man. It's an easy narrative. The spurned lover. Yeah. Angry. So once they lock into that. Yeah. They aren't looking at anybody. That's else. what. But that's what I'm saying. What else makes sense? Especially you know? that. And people can go. Yeah, he did it. It's yeah. so easy for about some people to hear that. It's easy to believe that context and go. Yeah, he did that. Mm-hmm. He, he they used to date. And yeah. like that comes up. We've, we've seen that come up in multiple stories that we've done. It's easier to believe than a, a random. Yeah. She was killed randomly. Yeah. Yep. Um. So the proceedings took six weeks, but the jury deliberation only took two hours. Mm. I'll be all right, Saeed told friends and family he would when he was handcuffed after after his sentencing. I have faith in the Lord. I know I didn't kill her. The Lord knows I didn't kill her. Dorsey pleaded with Judge Wanda K. Hurd to reduce the sentence because, according to him, Lee's murder was a crime of passion. It didn't help his case that Saeed's attorney also conceded that the teen made a bad decision. Regardless, Shortly after, Saeed directly addressed Judge Heard to... Oh, so that was his defense? His, his defense lawyer just went, okay, well, yeah, he did do it, but he, uh, he made a mistake? Yeah. Wow. I'd, I would have fired him once we had... If we had a conversation in the back where he goes, so I'm thinking of just we go, okay, you did it, but you you were just so blinded by anger that you weren't even really responsible. Like, no, nah, man, if I'm going out... If I'm going out and I know I'm innocent... I'm I'm going out fighting. Yeah, man. but I, uh, also I think it was like I'm not taking. He was kind of I don't know if his 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 attorney was doing a, that good of a job, and he also was kind of like burying himself because he didn't even know he was 
a suspect. Right. <laughs> so he probably was like saying the yeah, wrong yeah, things. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The girlfriend thing, and yeah. then they broke up. And but still, man, I mean, if I'm innocent, I'm not taking a plea deal because that's admitting that you did something you didn't yeah. do. That's why. I, and it's letting yeah. them off easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Now that's the thing that's scary about. That's how they get you when they take you take it to trial. It's because they let you know. Okay, we're offering you this plea deal. If you don't accept this plea deal, if you lose, we're throwing the book at you. We're giving you the max of mm-hmm. whatever you can get. So that's how a lot of people end up taking pleas. Mm-hmm. It's because they go, okay, well, I didn't, I, those drugs aren't mine, but they're giving me a, a, a plea deal for 18 months. If I take it to trial, I could get 15 years. Yeah. So fuck it. No. Not. Yeah. Ain't happening. Um, so it says Saeed directly addressed the judge heard to reaffirm um, his stance. I have maintained my innocence from the beginning, he said. Mm-hmm. The trial saw Lee's mother, Yan Wa Kim, deliver a heart-wrenching testimony through um, an interpreter. She explained that her hardship and immigrating from Korea was necessary to provide her family with a better life and to give her children a decent education and a decent future. Mm-hmm. I would like to forgive Adnan Saeed, but as of now, I just don't know how I could, mm. she said. When I die, my daughter will die with me as long as I live. My daughter is buried in my heart. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, as a parent in this type of situation and other situations we heard, such uh, as um, uh, Ahmad, uh, what's his name? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. The guy that was killed in his hotel. What's his name? Oh, uh, Botham John. Botham John, I'm sorry. Botham in his John. Apart- in his apartment. In his apartment. Mm-hmm. Botham John. I'm not... I just think for me personally, I won't go. I can't. I'm I can't not going to forgive. You, I can't give you forgiveness at your trial. Yeah. I'm not. I just can't That's, sit up here and say I forgive you. What they what they did. I mean, I guess that was Christianity or whatever that they are. But to hug somebody at the trial for the murder. Yeah. I couldn't do that. No. That takes time. For me to even get, I might never get there. Right. But I'm not here while we're talking about how you killed my brother and. We're at the trial. Yeah. And then now her lawyer is um, trying to get back in court and uh, contest the charges and say, you know, she she was justified. Yeah. So it's like a big fuck you to all that emotion yeah. and everything that they put on display and made her look like a person who just made a mistake. And then she turned right around and was like, oh, I don't even have any contrition or no. I didn't. I'm not responsible for this. I don't fuck him. Yeah. But it was, yeah, My that and it's like for the family to go, we forgive you. We just want you to, to be to take responsibility for what you did mm-hmm. and for her to and she was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I take do. Respons- I'll take responsibility for nope. She was like, nah, I didn't nah, fuck thanks that. for the yeah, hug. And the hug you was made, nice. You made me feel better. You made me look really good on television yeah. too. Made me look good and take off the weight off my shoulders of mm-hmm. feeling But fuck this. I want to get free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, no, that's not I'm not doing that. You're going to prison, you're gonna live with this, it's gonna haunt you forever. I'm not gonna Yeah. No, that ain't happening. Absolve people of their yeah, emotions right? and all this kind of, Yeah. People yeah. just different. I can't do it. I can't, yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> so she was eventually escorted outside after her wailing um, disturbed, mm. the, disturbed the proceedings and she nearly collapsed after leaving the witness stand. The pain would rage on, but at least the case of the murder of Heyman Lee seemed to be closed. Now, I also have to respect if that mother went through all that emotion and just can't accept that Adnan Saeed might be innocent. Because they don't. And they won't talk about it. Mm. But you go through all that and you've heard the the evidence, and yeah. also this boyfriend that you didn't even know your daughter had because yeah. they were keeping it a secret. You go, I don't even know this person. Yeah. It'd be one thing if you know 
I've, I've had girlfriends and even Sierra. If, if, if Sierra turned up and something happened to Sierra, I genuinely believe that if I was on trial for doing something to Sierra, her family would come speak on my behalf. Yeah. Cause they just, if I'm going, I didn't, I didn't do this. Yeah. They've had dinner with me. We've, we've, we've had intimate conversations with each other. They know me. You go to a trial and they're just like, Oh, this was, this guy was dating your daughter for six months. You never met them. Don't know their names. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know any, this person who knows. Who, yeah. Yeah. Until something happens where, uh, y'all were engaged. Y'all engaged. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, she, oh shit got rocky yeah then that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. that changes completely for sure like if she ever calls them and is like i don't know he's just acting different that yeah. changes completely got it got you. yeah yeah all that shit true don't even <laughs> doesn't even matter <laughs> true, now yeah, he yeah. locking in on that y'all yeah. was engaged and then she does this and then mm-hmm. you you get angry that's it once they have a narrative that they can put out got you got you that's, that's crazy that's, that's a good point <laughs> um so one of uh, Chaudhry's fundamental assertions in her book is that Saeed trial was inherently flawed because of how blinded, blinded the police and prosecutors were by his Muslim heritage, mm. which is fucked up. Yeah. But it's it's like it's like a dirty game. It's like they find anything. Like yeah. this dude is Muslim. He's do you know what they believe in Muslim would, culture? You attack the whole Muslim. It's like damn. And this trial was pre nine eleven. Just a year after that, all this stuff's going on in this community. And then 9-11 happens. Now it's like, oh, we don't, we can't live here. Like this is, we're like public enemy number yeah. one now. Mm-hmm. So. so they weren't able to find evidence that Adnan was a violent boyfriend or that he had history of being abusive. So they had to plug his religion as a substitute, mm-hmm. she said. They had what, look at what men in Muslim culture do to women. And yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm 16. We, we don't my family doesn't do anything like that. Yeah. But no, but this is what he believes. Yep. Um they had to demonize an entire community by um, arguing that because Adnan is Muslim, he had the potential to do this. Mm-hmm. Just all Muslim people are just crazy yeah. and dangerous. Then 9-11 happens. Then it's like, oh, they are just a, a whole, a, <laughs> attack the whole yeah. world. Like, time bomb, yeah. yeah. Um, so in terms of actual evidence, however, Saeed found grounds enough to garner a new trial only after um, Sarah spoke to Asia McLean, a former classmate of Lee and Saeed, who claimed that she saw a convicted killer at the Woodlawn Library the day of the murder, but was not truly part of Saeed's defensive trial. Again, they boggled that trial. She didn't even come up. Yep. She was in the attorney's notes. Mm-hmm. Wasn't used in the useless, case. Useless part, piece of information. Yeah. That you have a witness that puts you somewhere yeah. around the time that they say it happens. Like, nah, that doesn't. Yeah. Know. And then the crazy part in the podcast is like, um, she talked to her and she did this affidavit mm-hmm. about what happened. Years later, she go, I don't, I was forced to do that. And it's like, what? The girl was, that says she saw him at the library. Yeah, she, I was forced to write that by the by by the, the family by the family of Adnan. Yeah, see, um, yeah, see. It's like, and then it was like, why would she go? And then they talked to they talked to some of her ex boyfriends. Like, you know, they and one guy was like, she wasn't that type of person to get in something that she wasn't involved in or something like that. Or right, nosy. And then um, uh, they and then something else happened where um. After Sarah talked to her on the phone, she talked to Adnod after that uh-huh. and was like, hey, I just talked to McLean. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, cool. And she was like, and she felt like, <laughs> he was like, I didn't mean to burst your bubble or anything, but it doesn't even like matter now because like this was this was years ago. It wasn't yeah. used. It's not really, it doesn't do it anything. Come back up it, anyway. right, it doesn't do anything for me personally because it's like, it's the only thing that made him was sad because it wasn't used and at it's the time. Too, and it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. It's nothing. So that, that would have been a great piece of information at the yeah. time. Now yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. So she was all excited. Like, I just thought, and he was like, 
Oh, th- oh thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> 15 yeah. years too late. I appreciate it, though. Yep. Thanks. And then he went and she was like, he's like, I'm sorry to bust your bubble. She was like, yeah, but I didn't look at it the way that you look, you looked at it. So sure. that, it completely makes sense why you How feel can that you? Way. He's been in jail for all this time. You know, that person's been living their life and they just thought, oh, I'm sitting on this little secret or whatever. Yeah. And now I'm going to reveal it. And it's like, oh, well, thanks for revealing it. But really, that's only it only helps you feel better. It doesn't yeah. help my case at all. Nothing. But thanks. So wait, I'm I'm confused. So she was forced or she wasn't forced? Well, they, this is the same girl, or is this, this is McLean. This is the one that that says she saw him, and they, the they made her yeah, they made her write an affidavit about it, saying that she saw that yeah. she saw them. But years later, when they went to go contact her about she it, said she, she said was she was forced, to, forced to, write to write that by the family. But it's like, but they don't they don't even they don't even know now. Like they didn't. It wasn't. They don't know which one it is. They don't know which one it is. So she and then she called him. She called. She like anonymously called like a. Uh, attorney or something that and said, said I wasn't forced and 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 I think somebody um called her or posted her or uh-huh. posted her about it and she and she called and was like hey this was thirty some odd years ago mm-hmm. I don't want to be I don't want to I don't be bothered with this this yeah. is I that was yeah. years ago this was when I was a teenager I had nothing to do with that right and that's when it came up that she she forced that that she was forced to write that for the family to help him out but it regardless it wasn't used either way right so um. Yeah, so it came up because she like she so even her back. lying would have helped him. Yeah, but that's not okay though. You see what I'm saying? This yeah, is yeah. what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. this is why I'm what I'm saying. I don't know if he's innocent or not because that might have helped him. Yeah, a witness saying I saw him at the library at this time, but then if it's years later and she goes, "Oh no, the family made me feel guilty," and I I just wrote that to help him. Yeah, that's a lie though. But it could have helped him get out, and yeah. so now that casts more shade over me. Where I'm like, well, if it was a lie and she didn't really see him at the library then maybe he did do this. Well, but also they, they brought up, because she was, what happened was she was at the library waiting for her boyfriend yeah. to come pick her up. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend also saw at not at the library because when he pulled up late, apparently, uh-huh. he was like, yeah, why are you, what is this? Yeah, you know, right, a teenager, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you? Were you at the library with him? Yeah, mm-hmm. like why are y'all talking? It was mm-hmm. like, so it was like it was another guy that sure. saw him there also, but okay. I just don't think, either either way, they wasn't brought up in the case. Right, right, right. That lady Gutierrez just... Just fucked everything. Fucked that. Fucked everything. Well, she had a lot of shit going on. She was embezzling money. <laughs> she had a lot of shit, personal. Well, shit. she need to get together. Eh? I, I rest in <laughs> peace, her soul. But what, I mean, she's. I think she passed away now. Yeah, but, sure. Um, she messed. A, she messed him up. Mm-hmm. That case. So Saeed's new attorney argued that his original count, his counsel Gutierrez and Dorsey had utterly failed to include McLean's testimony mm-hmm. as an alibi witness, which would, would which would have placed Saeed miles away from the scene of the crime, and thereby affected the entire outcome of the trial. Absolutely. But we don't know if that alibi yeah. is true or not. Yeah. Even if the boy, like, cause I don't, I don't, I don't, it's been so long since I listened to this and, yeah. and I don't know if this part, I don't remember this part in the movie in the documentary series, but if she included her boyfriend in her alibi and not her boyfriend giving his own yeah. affidavit, David of what happened, then she just said that he saw him. You know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, if, I don't, I don't know. If she goes, if, he and then he, he saw him, and then we had an argument about why I was talking. If that's all but, in the thing from her words, yeah. Then the boyfriend didn't confirm that. Yeah. So I don't so, know. You know, it could all be her words. Like my boyfriend saw him too. Yeah, but he still had an alibi. But it wasn't used. Oh, it for still sure. Helped him. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But people, my point is, people get alibis from yeah, people yeah. that lie all the time. Yeah, true. And true. get out on a lie and did it. Yeah, that happens. Somebody said, oh, he couldn't have done that. He was with me. Yeah. But he wasn't. You know? Yeah. So that's, I just want, again, just yeah. want to play in the middle. I don't want to be. Well, 
That's good because I'm glad you because I didn't see the documentary, so I'm glad you yeah. saw mm-hmm. it and can pitch in of what you from what I'm reading. Yeah, I can I can kind of visualize some yeah, of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. So Chief Judge Patrick Woodward, in support of ordering a new trial for Saeed, wrote that it was logical to assume McLean's testimony would have raised reasonable doubt Absolutely. in the mind of at least one juror, sure, and thereby needed to be heard. Yeah. Even retired Judge Martin Welsh, who denied Saeed's 2003 request for a new trial, vacated his conviction and ordered a new trial. He added that questions about the cell phone tower evidence should have been raised by Saeed's original defense as well. Eh. Um, There's a lot of that going on during this trial. Eh. Nah. Yeah. Nah. So why are y'all, why are y'all here? What are cell you? phone tower. I Plus that was new technology at the time. So you got to keep that in mind. I think. It's early 2000s, As late a, 90s. I, I don't know anything so, about being an so, attorney. I don't know anything about law. It's all this hootie waddy. Cell phone towers. But you should use. You should be able to use anything in your benefit that's yeah. going to help your client. Get off. Get off. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's new. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what that dude that got Casey Anthony off. You know, you can call him what you want to call him. He used every every trick in the book. Yeah, of course her he dad, did. Her dad molested her. Oh, he pulled all kind of shit out. I mean, they she burned every bridge. But she's free. OJ's free. He did his job. OJ, they did all kinds of Oh, Johnny Cochran was a master with the words. Oh, my God. You know what this is? Racism. (laughs) Boom, we're over. It's it's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah, it is racism. Out of here. Get out of here. Done. (laughs) Wow, man. They did nothing. They didn't do nothing. That popped in my head. I'm actually going to watch that. What? The Uh, The trial? The trial. Oh, man. It was entertaining, man. Great. I loved it. Legend. Um... I'm sorry not to go up there, but they talked about the Kardashian more than that whole fucking... Yeah, that, that show sucked. <laughs> that show sucked. That whole shit. It was Johnny Cochran fucking, and that lawyer and that lawyer team was like the fucking 93 Bulls. Yeah. And they didn't really, it was like... But the Kardashians is, was in it. Why like, are what? the Kim Kardashian kids, for like, they just had to put an Easter egg in there like, oh my God, dad, can we go to Ruth's Chris? We can, Kim. And he's like, oh my God, that's, that's Kim Kardashian. Who gives a shit, man? This man murdered oh, two people. Man. Right, right. Um... So for Char- for Chaudhry, news that Saeed would finally get a fair chance at justice was staggering news. I felt the most overwhelming relief imaginable, she said. I was sobbing um, and hysterical. It took me the rest of the day to become uh, rational. We'd worked for this for so long, and I was terrified this was our last chance. If the judge had ruled differently, there would have been nothing else we could do. And this is 2003. Keep in mind, he's still in prison, people. So he's still in prison. This this, this um, doesn't have this doesn't have a happy ending. Yeah, the picture, the picture I've seen is just was him as a teen, scrawny mm-hmm. guy. Now he's just like this big, buff ass dude. Can't help you in there eating fifis and fucking ramen noodles and yeah. work out. You can't do nothing all day. You, you can't help but get a little yoked in prison, and you've been there twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah and her team created Sarah's the lady from the serial yeah, mm-hmm. and created something amazing and beautiful and compelling said Chaudhry the podcast brought Adnan's case to light without it he would never have gotten a new trial mm-hmm. we can never thank her enough but the story that serial tells is incomplete she added Sarah and her team were not investigators there are things that they either missed or didn't look at or left out of the podcast mm-hmm. Asia McLean's testimony that she had seen Saeed at the library at until 2.40pm contradicted the statements by Lee's co-manager on the wrestling team that Saeed had been speaking with Lee until almost 3 p.m. In the podcast, the wrestling manager goes, "He didn't. He didn't take roll call. Uh-huh. So I, I think I, I think he was there, but they don't. He's they don't not, know. There's no record. There's no it. record of him actually being there. It was yeah. like I, if, especially if you used to seeing somebody every day, mm-hmm. yeah, you I just think assume he, I think he was he's there. on the wrestling team, so he was here. Yeah. 
but they don't know. Yeah. There was no, they didn't take. Uh, this is true. It's, and there's so many things like this throughout the whole case where yeah. it's just, it's just assumed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, I think, I think he would yeah. be the, uh, here. There's nothing whatever. concrete. So you're just going off a whole bunch of assumptions. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and it's like, eh. And for me, I was like, "Damn, don't nobody know shit." Yeah. It's like, man, I would if, if, especially if I didn't do it, I, like, I wouldn't. I wasn't. I'm innocent, but nobody, yeah. nobody has any. There's a part. There's a me. there's there's a part in the show about where they found either Heyman Lee's car or Adnan's car. It was mm-hmm. like left somewhere, and they were going over about the grass growing in. If the car was sitting, sitting here for, for this many days, mm-hmm. the grass would have grown. I mean, there's, but it just it doesn't matter. Twenty years later, yeah, all this stuff should have been done. In 1999, it was like, oh, the car exactly. couldn't have been sitting here for three days because the grass would have grown, and they just—they're doing all this stuff now that isn't gonna help him right now. Yeah, they—the only thing that's gonna help Adnan Saeed right now is a person walking into court and being like, "It was me," like a big gasping kind of. Th- I don't think there's gonna be one thing where they go, "He wasn't at the Best Buy parking lot" or whatever thing. I don't think there's gonna be any little thing like that that gets this man, you know, vindication and freedom. It yeah. has to be. Oh, they caught the guy. Yep. And I don't know if it was Jay Wilds, but that you know, they need to find the guy. Yeah. That's what's gonna get him free. Or there is no guy, and it was Adnan Saeed. Yeah. Those are really the two kind of heads of the coin at this point, you know? Yeah, so again, Lee's co-manager of the wrestling team said he had spoken to him um until almost three PM mm-hmm. about joining her at the Randallstown wrestling match that evening. And this is the new boyfriend, right? Or is this this is the co-manager of the wrestling team. Right, okay. That said that said they was talking. Her and her and Heyman Lee. Yeah. Him and him and Heyman Lee. Is it a- no, 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 no. This is the Oh, Adnan. This yeah, this is the co-manager of the wrestling team saying that I we I was talking to him until 3 p.m. Okay, got and, it, got and, it. And it was they had a conversation about joining some. I know you said she town. was the rest the captain or she was the 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 coach or the The, the co-manager. The co co-man- she but Heyman Lee was too, right? No. Well, she she was on something. I'm sorry when you were talking about the sports stuff that she was doing. I, I thought you said something about her being a captain or no. A she was she or... was just a she was on a lacrosse team or something. She was Got just it. okay. But this so the co-captain of the of the, the wrestling, wrestling team was talking to Adnan. Adnan saying like until three p.m. Yeah, this was like oh he was here. Yeah, but McLean was like I saw him at the library at two forty. Yeah, so that's. It's that's twenty minutes. It's not yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's if it's all at school. Yeah, it's possible for him to do both. Uh yeah yeah true. Um, so yeah, so, uh, this undisclosed podcast further discovered that there were, there was no wrestling match that night Mm. and that either the co-manager or McLean had been mistaken or worse, purposefully lied. Yep. Again. So additionally, inconsistencies with Lee's medical report reports warranted a closer look. The state said Saeed killed her by 2.36 PM, placed her body in the trunk of her car. Only to remove her body, only to remove her four to five hours later in order to bury her at 7 p.m. The problem here is that rigor mortis would have partially set in within the time frame. Yet the autopsy reported said that lividity was um, present and fixed on the anterior surface of the body, except in the areas exposed to pressure. So what's that like the back or whatever way she was laying? Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the blood will pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so numerous medical experts f- familiar with the report told Undisclosed that Lee's levi- lividity suggested she was positioned face down, mm-hmm. stretched out um, soon after her death, and stayed in that position for at least 8 to 12 hours before her partial burial. Mm. 
perhaps most substantial for Saeed's defense was that was the matter of cell cell phone tower records. Gutierrez failed to understand that the that the data AT and T was subpoenaed for was only accurate for a specific purpose, even though the even though the cover sheet for that very data made that perfectly clear. Ongoing calls are only reliable for location status. Um, the cover sheet read, mm-hmm. and any un- any incoming calls will not be considered reliable information for location. Sure. That will mean that the two most important phone calls for the prosecution, which allegedly placed Saeed at the scene at 7.09 p.m. and 7.16 p.m., mm-hmm. were attributed to him in bad faith. They were incoming calls, which meant their, loco- meant their location was, wasn't... Reliable. Yep, to Lincoln Park. So, see, that's... A, so, he was... When the co-captain, he was saying he was talking to Adnan face-to-face? Or he said he was talking to him on the phone? I believe it was face-to-face. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say that would put him at the school. But if he was talking, he was talking to him at school, face-to-face, never mind. But yeah, yeah, I mean, if that's made clear on the paperwork. But again, it's not the prosecution's job to explain that to the jury. Yeah. They just go, oh, incoming call, outcoming call. He made a phone call. And so that puts him here. And But they don't say, like, oh, it's not reliable. Do me a favor. Look up. Uh, look on maps and look up the distance between Lincoln Park and uh, Woodlawn High School. Okay, maps. Loading, loading, loading. From Lincoln. Okay, that's not right. <laughs> says, a couple hours 16 ago. hours. Uh, <laughs> Lincoln Park, Maryland. Yeah, Windsor Mill Road, Baltimore. What the fuck? Is there another Woodlawn High School? Woodlawn, Baltimore. Wow. Oh, it's about twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Yeah, okay. four four point six miles. But also, Lincoln Park is big, so it depends on where you're going. Yeah, yeah. True. Like, there's also um, a part that's like more sixteen minutes because it's a big park. But from Woodlawn to the closest part of Lincoln Park, it's about twelve minutes. Okay, a twelve minute drive. So I guess to possibly on wherever he lives, you gotta go past Lincoln Park, possibly. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's the school, that's yeah. the school in his district. He must live close to Woodlawn High School, yeah. and so he could live anywhere from. 15 to 20 minutes or a little more away from Leakin Park based on how close he would need to live to Woodlawn High School. Yeah. Most people, when they go to a high school, they live no more than like 10, 15 minutes away from that school. Yeah. So depending on the direction, he could be from his house, he could be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes away from Leakin Park. Yeah. Depending on the direction. Yeah. But according to AT&T, it can only track you. Based on outgoing call, incoming yes. calls, they can't. Yeah, you they can't, can't. They can't get that 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 data of um, the it's location. Not, it, yeah, it's not an accurate way to to judge where somebody is. Yep. And that was made clear, but his defense attorneys didn't use that in any kind of way to refute what they were saying. Yep. Yeah. So according to Saeed's attorney, C. Just C. Justin Brown, um, the cover sheet that explained this vastly si- significant information was included in Gutierrez's file at the time, but she simply failed to act on it. Had the information, sure. had it, but That's just true. didn't yeah. use it. Furthermore, there's the matter of uh, the re- re- reliability of Jay Wild's testimony, given his inconsistent stories, stories as the possible um, coercion um, on the part of investigators. Mm-hmm. And, and Jay Wild's got the fuck out of town as soon as this shit was all. I think he like lives in Detroit. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and won't talk to anybody. So Endis Close argued that Wilds was keen on snagging the 3000 $3,075 reward money from any information that led to authorities to arrest whoever killed Lee. Mm. The claim is that Wiles wanted a buy, wanted to buy a motorcycle. A so claim. Soldier boy up the river for $3,700. So, 
Not even that. It was $3,075. Oh. <laughs> uh, a claim substantiated during a ride along with Wiles took with investigators William Ritz and Gregory McGallivary on March 18, 1989. So, so they're, they're like, we're just trying to get justice for hey, uh, for hey man, you know. Yeah, 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 cool. The money though, right? You you get the I get the money. Yeah. If he if anybody was asking about the reward heavily, you got to question their motives, man. Yeah. Also, but if if it's kind of sketchy for him to be in this ride along with these two detectives, right. And that to come up. Yeah. Like oh, so I just know. I just really wanted. I was thinking about becoming a police officer, so I wanted to do a ride along. Um. Anyway, though, there's a reward going yeah. on, right? Or or just like maybe then he come to maybe come up like you see a bike and like oh I like that bike. Yeah. How how much you think one of those bikes cost? Wow, it's maybe like three thousand. Hmm. Well, coincidence. So. <laughs> a reward for some information on Heyman Lee's murder about about three thousand dollars. Right. Yep. Mm. You you know Adnan, right? Yeah. Now it's like we can help you mm. get this bike. Yeah. Just tell us tell us tell us what we want to hear. Yeah. So the trip was supposed supposed to have Wilds show the detectives where he helped Syed bury Lee's body. Yet the notes included information utterly ir- irrelevant to this. Mm-hmm. Instead, there were notes specific to a Suzuki motorcycle with 9,000 miles on it, belonging to a Mr. Carl Brown, and the word REWARD written in all capital letters. Mm. As it turned out, Brown was Wild's soccer coach and had no connection to Lee or Saeed. He had been trying to sell his Suzuki uh, motorcycle for an estimate resale value of our. Of roughly $3,000. And I bet you could talk them down a couple hundred dollars. Now you got money for gas and you can get some McDonald's when yep. you get your new Suzuki bike. <laughs> yep. You know, so $3,000 reward, 3075 yeah. And they had a, some type of relationship, so. Yeah. Oh, he's going he's gonna to talk them down like 26 Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, once, uh, once, the, this, once, this once, I, get this, once I get this reward money, <laughs> that's, where the, that's where it came up. Mr. Brown, once I get this, because I got this reward money coming. Yeah. And so I'll give you maybe 27 you know, he lied, like, the reward's only for 26 Yeah. So that's, but I'll give you all of it. Yeah. You pocket four. You pocket four seventy five. Got gas money for a couple months. Got some <laughs> McDonald's money. That's yeah. a great plan. He had it all. Damn, I'm allegedly. A, yeah, allegedly. I'm going a, I'm to a write this dude out, get yeah. this money, <laughs> get my bike, that is ride sick. off to the sunset. Dirty, man. Dirty. But they were high Alleg- Allegedly. That's yeah, allegedly, allegedly dirty. Uh, that's what he did. Uh <laughs> So there are many valid theories but, uh, about who killed Lee and what exactly occurred that day in Lincoln Park. Some believe both Saeed and Wiles committed the, de- committed the act, um, then the latter turned on the former. Others think Saeed was attempting to frame Wiles for the death, but Wiles managed to get there first by calling in an anonymous tip, which is crazy. Like, y'all yeah. playing this game? Yeah. But the <laughs> thing is, the thing about that is, I mean, I I've, I think in the show he might allude to possibly like I don't know what Jay Wiles did, but he never has come out. His defense has never been we both killed her or I was there, but Jay Wiles. That's never been his defense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that theory is true because if you've been in prison for 20 years, at some point you would go, well, I'm gonna bring him down too. Maybe this will help me. Yes, I was there, mm-hmm. but Jay Wilds is who killed Heyman Lee. Yeah, he's never said that. So he's not saying, like, I I was there, yeah, yeah. we were both there. That's not coming out of his mouth, and I think it would by now if it was true. Yeah, like, he was like, it was like, Wild said this, but he never went, that th- that never happened. Yeah. This is this, this is how it actually happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, but he was yeah. just like, that just that's, never, that's that never true. happened. Yeah, exactly. So either, yeah. here's my theory. Yeah. Either Adnan Saeed is a sociopath, and he's just going to stead- steadily hold to his lie. Yeah. Or... Jay Wilds, who's lied about a lot of the things that having to do with this case, yep. killed her for the reasons I don't know. One of the reasons that he's saying is like, oh, they broke up and he was mad. So he was like, yo, let's go kill her. 
that's his that's what he's saying happened. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's true, but I don't think somebody would hold fast this long if unless they're unless they're just straight up a, a manipulative liar. Yeah. Or he or like you or, said, he would go, No, no, no. I didn't kill her. Yeah. I held her down. He's never Adnan Saeed has never come out and said anything like that. Like, oh, we were both there, but it didn't go down that way. It went down this way. Yeah, but He's it's like, no, it, it didn't happen. It's, it seemed like Saeed is like, that didn't Based on his words, like that didn't happen. So I don't know what what happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I my day went this. I did yeah. this. I don't know what Wilds is talking about. I have no idea what and happened. Twenty years is a long time to just stick with that story. Yeah, you know. What and, I mean? But Wilds is like, oh yeah, we we I helped him. He left his phone with me in my car mm-hmm. so he can go do this. Yep. So if something it tracks me here, it's yeah. Like, it's, it's the shit is all over the place. And it's mm-hmm. like it's, now they just jumping around. I don't know who who to believe. But Wilds managed to get there first by calling an anonymous tip. This is the theory. This is the theory. Another theory that uh, one landed Saeed in prison is that he simply killed his ex-girlfriend because he couldn't handle her uh, moving on mm-hmm. from their relationship. Yeah. While only Saeed himself is the single is the single known person who knows for sure whether he killed Lee or not. Yeah. He is likely to receive a new trial at some point in the in the near future. Um, this was according to Rolling Stone, and the final decision will be delivered no later than August thirty first, twenty nineteen. Um, and that might have happened already. Yeah, so and I think and and it was a it was no. Yeah, uh, so in the meantime, HBO's case against Anat Saeed documentary slated for a March 10 release, uh, which you saw. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in prison legal proceedings that brought him there and the feature any array of talking heads providing their insight into the justice system management of evidence. Mm-hmm. So Charger revealed that Saeed is well aware of his of how he's been received in the media for the past two decades. She explained that he pays attention and keeps up with the developments surrounding his image while in prison and removed from society. Adnod hears everything about himself from the news, she told Entertainment Weekly. The guards keep him updated and he gets all the newspaper and magazines. I can't, I don't think I can mentally handle that. I, to see that, yeah, publicity, all that shit going on in the news and like you in prison is like, these people think this about, especially if he didn't do it. If he, if he truly honestly didn't do it. Yeah. And to see all that shit is saying about him, and you're saying it's still, I it's still a debate. Like it's still people are fighting for him, but it's yeah. still people are like, no, he did that. Yeah. Keep him in prison. Yeah. Imagine how Joe Exotic feels. Mm-hmm. Dude was this dude lit the internet on fire. He's just sitting in prison, like, man, I'm a star finally, and he just can't fucking go anywhere. Yeah, well, but she, uh, <laughs> two very different, two very yeah. different cases. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, he's sitting in there. the The world loves Joe Exotic, the show, and all this kind of stuff, and this is all he ever wanted to be was a star. Now he is. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, but we're not we 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 not going to compare. No, especially if if Saeed didn't do this, we're not compare. Yeah, no. Joe Exotic killed Tigers, yeah. man. Yeah, he's not in there for life, is he? He's in there for like seventy five years. Oh, basically, well, that's pretty life. He's like sixty years old. Yeah. Uh, so she also said that Saeed told her a few years ago that he believed he probably would he pro- he probably would leave prison in a coffin. Um, now and, he, and to be able to say that though, and 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 if he did it. I would think he would just confess. If but he I, believes he's never going to get out, fuck it. If, but I, that's why I kind of, why I'm so on the fence. Yeah, but I think it's just the acceptance of people think this. this yeah. Every, this part of me doing this is already concrete. He's not even, I think that's that. The, the court of that public com- opinion. That comes out with the, the, the uh, Sarah, when she interviewed, when she talked to McLean, he was oh. like, it's, it's too late at this. Yeah, it's, it does, yeah. I've been in here for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see me I don't see me getting out at this point. Yeah. Which is like depressing as shit. Sure. Um yeah. 
Uh, so now he has now he has a very strong ray of light. She said both Chaudhry and attorney Susan Simpson, an advocate um, for Saeed, participate in HBO full part series. While Chaudhry is confident that the renewed attention on Saeed's conviction conviction because of serial and the subsequent media coverage will help justice get served. Simpson disagrees and states the public opinion holds little uh, real weight when it comes to the law. Mm-hmm. People always ask about the attention this case gets, how it affected the legal proceedings, but judges are independent. They're not going to be affected by a TV show, she said. Yeah. In the end, director Amy Berg's The Case Against Adnan Saeed will surely help fuel yet another resurgence in Saeed's notoriety as um, fodder for podcasts, mm-hmm. books, and television. Berg promised that the series will be um, digestible for newcomers who know nothing about the case and highly reward um, those who become consumed by it. I agree. While Asia McLean, Rubia, Chaudhry, and, May- and many others familiar faces will make an appearance, Lee's family rejected offers to be involved in cameras. They don't know nothing to do nothing, with that. Yeah. Providing their thoughts and sentiments through a family friend who spoke in their place. As for Jay Wilds, Berg said he decided not to contribute at all. Mm-hmm. He has two kids. He has two kids and a wife, and isn't in the best of health. Yeah. It's unclear how the wind, how the winding saga of Anat Saeed's now twenty year old history with criminal justice system will resolve itself. But two things are certain: Berg's upcoming docu series will undoubtedly offer new details and perspective, and Saeed is on the cusp of most promising opportunity for a new trial that he's ever had. Well. Spoiler alert, none of these things happened. The yep. the show came and went. It came out. It was very informative and an entertaining show. And and it did re-spark this kind of resurgence and yeah. interest in the case for a little bit. Um, but then um life went on. You know, yeah. it it I believe he went to trial one last time or or his appeal was denied or something like that. Something happened to where he's still in prison. Yeah. And um, now with all this COVID shit going on, he's Definitely not the the topic of conversation in the Baltimore or the Maryland criminal justice system. No. You know? um, so this, I got this from allthingsinteresting.com. This is by Marco Margartoff. Mm-hmm. Now, and this was published in February 20, 27th of 2019, and mm-hmm. it was updated in March 22nd of 2019. Yeah. So that was pretty much it. Uh, I would suggest go listen to the podcast Serial. Um, I haven't seen the docu-series, but yeah, I will HBO. watch it. It's on um, HBO. It's really good. Yeah. I will watch that, but it's really good. But at the same time, like I said, it's very skewed. Yeah. Adnan didn't do this, you know? So I'm sure there's a counter video to watch where there's all kind of facts about, well, actually they, they, somebody said they saw him. He jogged at Leakin Park every Sunday morning or what, you know, you know, so it's very skewed. Adnan didn't do this, but it is very good. And all the information is there. Like there's this whole thing about this, um, like a fucking, uh, like a, a, like a state Senator or something like that. Mm-hmm. ran on criminal justice and all these things. And so part of his thing that got him elected was keeping Adnan Saeed in, in prison. Mm. So he won't even look. He might be the attorney general for Maryland, I think, something like that. But he won't even look at the case because it's like, it's like we'll help him get an office. Yeah. So he, why would he yeah. help him get free? You know, so he's, it showed things like that where you go, oh, damn, he's got, he's got all kind of battles to fight. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, I mean, Adnan Saeed is still in prison. And I don't know if he committed this murder, but yeah, I also don't. I also don't know if he didn't. Yep. You know, that's a, who yeah. knows. Nobody, nobody knows. It's only not for person, sure either way. Only person that knows is it's him. Yeah, Heyman Lee, rest in peace. Um, her soul. We don't. 
she can't. She's not here to tell her story. Yes. So it's and, really just Adnan Saeed. Yeah. Possibly Jay Wilds. Possibly Jay Wilds. Possibly some random ass guy. Possibly probably some dumped. serial killer who yep. was in the area of the time. If I'm not mistaken, I might be mixing stories. Um, I could be mixing stories, so I don't want to. I'm gonna still say it. I might be thinking of um making a murderer, but there was in some show I watched. There was a story of a, oh yeah, some guy walked into this McDonald's and he was covered in blood and he went into the bathroom and people were like, uh, what the fuck is was going on? But it just never came up as if there was like a serial, like a, there might be a serial killer in the works. Mm -hmm. Like somebody came in covered in blood and went to the bathroom of this Shoney's or McDonald's or whatever kind of fast food place. And the manager was like, yeah, we thought it was weird, but then he just kind of came and went. I could be mixing that up with making a murderer, but I, I feel like there was all like with all the other stuff where it's like, oh, they didn't use that. Yeah. This was another there might have been another thing where there was a possible suspect that happened and nobody looked for a guy covered in blood who was fit the description that the manager of the place gave. Mm. I could be mixing that up with something else, but also with everything else you just said. Around the time of this? Of this of oh, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Um uh but with everything else. But she you was said, strangled though. Then I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't like then I'm cut up. <laughs> Then I'm, then I'm thinking of something else then. So <laughs> anyway, rest in peace, hey man yeah. Lee. And uh yeah, man, no, this is a very uh this case is um what's the word I'm looking for? It's a divisive case. Like yeah. some people some people are like, no, he absolutely killed Heyman Lee, and other people are like, no, look at the evidence. There's yeah. but um so it really it you know, people people are kind of dug in on how they feel. But the point is, Adnan Saeed has been in prison since 1999, and it is not 100% for sure that he is the person responsible for the murder. Yeah. Didn't I do a story, another story from, like, I think when I began episodes about something about Lincoln? I think I did one about probably, another body in Lincoln Park. Probably. I, I mean, Lincoln Park, there's, there was, um, there's been a couple of bodies found in Lincoln Park. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what we're going to yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Like I said, folks, it's fall vibes coming out. So I really had hesitation about doing this story right now. I kind of was thinking about doing a little closer to Halloween because of the elements that are happening. But you know what? The leaves are starting to fall off the trees a little bit. And shit, you can just listen to it. Again. It's October now. Just listen to it. Listen to this story at Halloween time. It was like Jason or something. No, Freddie? No, it's a real person. No. This is the story of Rufus Cantrell, the Negro King of the Ghouls. What? Yeah. Who gave him the name? The Streets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my sources are uh, historicalindianapolis.com and theindystar.com, right? Mm -hmm. So Rufus Starr was born and raised in uh, Gallatin, Tennessee, around 1892. Mm. He and his mother, Sarah, packed up and moved to Indianapolis when Cantrell was about 16. His mother, Sarah, would eventually find herself testifying to a jury that Bateman Cantrell, Rufus's father, had died in an insane, in an insane asylum. Her testimony would come into play while defense lawyers were trying to get Rufus declared mentally ill himself. Sarah's sister, Harriet, was also, quote, crazy, according to Sarah, and had to be taken to an asylum. She also claimed Rufus was subject to fits and spasms as a result of epilepsy. Mm. There's just a little history of uh, Rufus Cantrell and also a little uh, a little glimpse into the future of Rufus Cantrell. His mother sitting on trial trying to get him declared mentally insane. Yeah. 
Uh, as a kid, he was supposedly thrown off a horse, landing on his head Damn. and shoulders. Yeah, which that's how that's what happened to Keanu Reeves. He went yeah. from, you know, he went from being Superman and then he just was fully body, full body paralyzed. Yeah, that's why I don't fuck with horses. It was in uh, it was off of a horse. It was like doing a movie, right? I think so. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was doing. He his passed thing. away, right? He passed away. he passed away, but not from. It might have been complications, but he lived for a long time and yeah. uh, fully paralyzed. That's crazy. Um. Uh. But yeah, no, that's why I don't I don't fuck with horses, man. They could just make a decision. Well, I'm gonna buck you off me. Yeah. Land all wrong. Exactly, man. It happened in the episode of The Simple Life starring Paris uh, Hilton and Nicole Richie. She got fucking tossed, man. Mm. Fucking slid elbow bruises and shit. Mm. They can just go that way. Um his mother said when he was a boy, he tried to he tried uh he tried to preach and said he had talked with God. Sometimes he would have mad spells and become very violent and profane. In 1896, on the corner of Senate Avenue and 13th Street, the 20-year-old tried to kill himself out of lovesickness. But you know how yeah. that goes, man. You know, yeah. some girl breaks your heart. We've been there. I mean, Nothing. I never tried to kill myself, yeah, yeah. but I've done some pretty suckerish shit with a broken heart. Um, you've been around yeah. for a couple of those things. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, want to bring those up. I, 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 there's no shame in my game, sir. Okay. You know, um, but whatever. Yeah, I've never tried to go that far, but... <laughs> Love sickness will have you out on the line looking crazy. Anyway, uh, perhaps to take his mind off the, off spurned love, in 1897, he joined the 24th U.S. Infantry, but was discharged a year later at Fort Douglas, Utah, due to epilepsy and suicidal inclinations. Mm. Now back in Indy, Cantrell got a job at uh, the ma- at Malleable Ironworks. Um, then, as, then from there, he went on to become an undertaker's assistant. Working for CMC Willis, the first African American undertaker in Indiana. In 1899, he was making a name for himself as a showman. The Indianapolis recorder advertised that Cantrell could recite long passages of the Bible on stage, uh, and was giving a talk, giving a talk on the history of playing cards and Cain's wife. I'm assuming that's Cain from the Bible, Cain and Abel, uh, at Odd Fellows Hall. So basically, this dude was doing TED talks. Around town, you know, he would go on a stage and just kind of pre- talk about the Bible and tell people about their life. He was like a freeform preacher with yeah. no church. Uh, so that's kind of how he made his name for himself locally in Indiana. Uh, um, a, a juvenile quartet would join him on stage as well, all of whose members were under the age of 12. He then went on to do a show in Cincinnati. So he took a show on the road. You know, he wanted to kind of get a tour going, talking about Jesus and Cain and cars and all that kind of shit. But he wasn't really successful with that. So in October 1900, before the future king of the ghouls got into trouble for grave robbing, he was stirring Great. up. What's that? He was still bodies from graves. I, I thought I didn't I didn't want to think that was. You thought it was more what complicated it was, I, than thought, that? I thought it was so... Is that slang? That's why I asked, because I didn't... I was like, I was like uh, hoping, oh, oh, I'm hoping grave, it's not that. Yeah, oh, he's a grave rock. Like, what is the slang? <laughs> no, he would steal bodies from... He would steal people from their graves. Um, yeah, so he got into trouble at a, at a bar in Bucktown, a black neighborhood along the canal, uh, which is today the site of Indiana University. Uh, the source of trouble was Cantrell's support of for the presidential campaign of William Jennings. So basically he was in a bar one night and talking all this shit about how he was going to vote for William Jennings. And I guess William Jennings, from the research I could do, he was like a very evangelical 
Jesus. He didn't believe in evolution. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like a conservative Republican, right? Uh, I mean, a conservative Democrat. So he was like a Democrat, but he was kind of conservative. And that, that's how it was back then. It was flipped. Conservatives, I mean, Democrats are Republicans, Republicans are Democrats. Anyway, he was in a bar one night, almost like he was doing a, a MAGA thing. He was like, I'm voting for William Bryan's Jennings and all you other liberal cucks can suck a dick. And he got into a bar fight over his politics, mm. which is, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can see that. You can see you can see that happening Coming, all the time yeah. now. But back then it wasn't people weren't going around getting in fights over who they were going to vote for. And wearing hats and shit. Yeah, I don't know if he was wearing <laughs> I don't know if he was wearing a uh, Make America Brian Jennings hat again, uh, but he was very loud about who he was a fan of. Uh, by the summer of 1902. The Democratic hero of, of the Democratic hero of the Bryan campaign had gotten involved with a uh, with a ring of medical men based at a rather infamous school just east of Bucktown called the Central College of Physicians and Surgeons. This all this whites only training school for doctors stood at 212 North Senate Avenue, which is now the site of Indiana Government Center's parking garage. Uh Oddly for a medical oddly for a medical facility engaged in highly illegal practices such as body snatching, the college's fourth floor dissecting room used for anatomical instruction sat directly across from the state house. So they were bringing in bodies into this hospital and directly across the street was like where the mayor lived, yeah. like the mayor holds conferences and things like that. They were like in a judicial part of the town and they were just sneaking bodies in through the back door. Uh, the Protestant the Protestant Deaconess Hospital sat immediately south of the Central College. Another medical school, Indiana Medical College, stood at the corner of Market Street and Senate Avenue. You could have tossed a stone from any of these buildings into the State House. And these hospitals, hospitals in general, were the sites of where you would get your money for r- grave robbing. Mm. They would use these bodies to do um, uh, dissections and 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 medical. So what, this is like under the table type stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, how doctors would get their bodies, which I think is, I, I, I wrote that in here, which I'll get to. Uh, how they would get bodies at a point was they would wait for the grave robber, I mean, the um the hangman, mm. to hang people for crimes. But then that became less common as time went on. And so they weren't able to just get bodies from off the street. But they still needed the bodies. Yeah. So this uh underground trade, it was like, it was like a, prohibition with alcohol grave robbing was a real thing and yeah. they were hiding bodies and shit and you know illegally selling bodies for like 15 to 30 dollars a pop they would steal your aunt from her grave for like 30 bucks you know mm. it, it is was like 18... black market bodies yeah this is like this was the 18 the 1890s yeah 1890s into the um early 1900s yeah that's why when i go when you've been to a graveyard and you see these old tombstones i was gonna get into uh, listen I don't, i'm gonna hold you off because we're gonna have a full oh, discussion okay. about your theory right. it's written in here as i was reading the, as i'm reading the thing i was like the, I was, me and fran are gonna have a discussion about all it. right so and back to the story uh so he had all he had kind of this square of medical schools where he could grave rob and bring the bodies to and get money for him. He had a whole system going. Oh yeah, yeah. And not just him. It wasn't he wasn't like the grave robber. Being a grave robber was like a thing. Was was like like, like, being, a, like being a drug dealer. Oh, okay. It was like you were doing something illegal but it was money in it. So yeah. a lot of people were robbing graves. Uh during the early days of modern medical science, instructors and students usually relied on the public hangman to deliver educational goods, quote unquote, is what they called it. Mm-hmm. So they mean bodies. However, due to laws against desecration of corpses, generations of European and American medical uh faculties had to steal them until laws slowly made it easier to acquire bodies in the eighteen hundreds. 
Resurrectionists, this is their professional name. It's mm. like when they, you know, like, uh, no disrespect, but like, so, like it's always a funny joke in shows when they're like, I'm a custodial engineer. Like, a janitor? Yeah. You know, so they're like, I'm a resurrectionist. You mean, you mean you steal bodies from out of graveyards? Like, oh, that's like, a, that's not, it's more a professional term. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a resurrectionist. I, I, I resurrect bodies out yeah. of the ground illegally. So uh, resurrectionists caused plenty of conflict and outrage. In 1788, a riot broke out in New York after doctors at Columbia College robbed an African-American burial ground in Manhattan. Mm. In the British Isles, body snatching got so bad that cages had to be erected over fresh graves. Dang. Sometimes families kept the dead under guard until decomposition rendered the remains useless to anatomists. Mm. So they have to wait. We're going to sit out here for like 10 days until yeah. the body can't be used for that. Because you got to get them when it's fresh. fresh. Yeah. I hate this word. In rural America, <laughs> revolver battles broke out between burglars and uh, posses of farmers. This is all over bodies. Yeah. It's like people getting killed and fights and gun, gun battles. By 1900, as Americans learned the extent of resurrectionist activities, cremation was emerging as one of the surefire preventative mm. measures against ending up in the slush bucket of a dissection room. Okay, so this is how this is how cremation came up. This is how cremation became more popular. popular. I think okay, it was gotcha. always a thing because people would um, burn bodies back in the Viking era. They would send them off on a ship and then light the ship on fire. So burning a body was always a thing, but it became more popular in American society. The reasoning was different, though. Yeah, it was a whole it was a whole ceremonial yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this this was like to make sure they don't get their bodies yeah. stolen. We're going to turn them into ash, which is like crazy that you have to instead of being able to just stop grave robbers like we, we just get rid of the body. That's why I would like <laughs> to be I would like to become a tree when I die. I want to. But we've uh, we've tree. already I, I've had discussions with some people who, you know, I'm cool with in the funeral industry about big funeral, which I came on here and I spoke about, mm -hmm. you know, big funeral is a, is a real thing. The funeral is the one they plant you and you turn to a tree. Yes. That? And big funeral is not a fan of this. They're trying to get that. It's like when that dude made the water car and then all of a sudden he just turned up fucking dead or whatever. Oh, sorry, Big Funeral is his yeah, whole... Big, big Funeral is like the caskets. Yeah, That's how yeah. we make money. So you can't just fucking put your body in a fucking egg, a sack yeah. and and put it in the ground and become a tree because that will ruin Big Funeral. So Big Funeral is going to fucking snub that out. Yeah. Or they're going to attempt to. But I'm fucking, nah. I want to be a tree. Tree? You get pissed on by dogs and stuff like that? Uh, but yeah. No, but I'm a tree. I'm, I'm bigger than that. Part of the earth, man. Somebody take a, a orange from me. I want to be a citrus tree. Just take an orange from me. I bear fruit. But how meat. would they do that? Just grind you up with seeds? Yeah, I become or? I become compost. My body breaks down, and the nutrients that are in my body feed the tree that grows. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I want to do, man. Don't come shit on my dreams. I want to be a tree. Right. Let me be a tree. I am Groot. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> uh, back to the thing. Uh, so, uh, race was a huge factor in grave robbing. Ironically, teams of grave robbers, robbers and the target of their ghoulish work were most often African-American. Their employers, however, were universally white physicians because mm. you can just become a doctor if, yeah. you were, if you weren't white in fucking 1893. So it, was it was it getting along? Was this like a relationship or it was a business? It was, proposition. A business. It was like, okay. I, here's a hey man. I got three bodies in the back. Uh, how about you get three for 80? Yeah. It was like, ah, oh, well, the guy across the street said he'll give me three for 75. Yeah. It's, not, it's that kind of thing. But it, you know, it was, a, it was a working relationship. I don't think they were like buddies. Uh, in Indiana, however, white corpses showed up on dissecting room tables with more frequency than down south. Remains nabbed from burial grounds of paupers, and paupers are just poor folk, 
Uh, so uh, they would remove bodies from burial grounds of poor people and cemeteries connected to mental asylums. And you know how people were treated in mental People died in mental asylums all the time back then because mm-hmm. they weren't treating you for mental illness. It was just like a jail for crazy people, basically. Yeah, so these, but these kind of places were hit first. You know, it was it was like, you know, when Popeye's Chicken Sandwich came out, the... Um, poor people uh, graveyards and the like the graveyards of mental hospitals they got hit first yeah because all the grave robbers were like oh that's easy pickings like yeah. oh it's, you know so they like virtually cleaned out these graveyards wait poor people graveyards yeah like you know not glamorous ones okay like people get you know buried in not high quality you know grave maybe not even in a box at all they just throw you in a ditch or whatever damn right. yeah uh, yeah. So anyway, yet, yet, who's your who's your resurrectionist? Somebody told me what that was the other day. Like, who's your, I think just I like did. a person? Yeah. So it's like I thought it was like a dog or something. It's yeah. Just like a, it's just like a person. It's just a, somebody from Indiana. Yeah. I'm a who's it's a native. It's like a guy or girl, guy, gal, whatever. Yeah, uh, who's your resident resurrectionist? Also swept through dozens of urban and rural graveyards. Um. In Michigan and in northern Indiana, grave robbing was worst in towns close to the Michigan Central Railroad and its branch lines, since bodies could quickly be hidden on trains and shipped as freight to Ann Arbor's famous medical school. So they had there was this part of Michigan where a train ran through it, mm-hmm. and those graveyards in that town got hit the hardest because they could just throw the bodies on the train and have a guy meet it when it's at the next town. So again, uh-huh. it was very much like prohibition, the way that you would ship alcohol or drugs or whatever. They were doing this with bodies, mm. but there was more of an exploration on this. You go, I got to get this to the guy quick in the next two days. Yeah. Um, some cemeteries investigators were discovering had been practically emptied out by medical pickers. Mm. Indianapolis's oldest downtown burial grounds, green lawn, which is, which is green lawn, a cemetery that literally died was declared defunct largely because so many of the corpses interred there had been spirited away. So they they basically destroyed a cemetery. They, it was so empty that they couldn't call it a cemetery anymore. Damn. And they had to shut down. It's like, oh, th- there's no bodies here. Yeah. This isn't a cemetery. So now, uh, as as I said before I stopped you, and we can get into it now. Yeah. Um, reading in this article from 18... I mean, reading this story and what was going on with this man, Cantrell... Rufus Cantrell in 1899. If you were alive in 1899, your theory would be possibly correct. I don't believe here in 2020 that graveyards are empty. You please feel free to speak on your. How do you know? All right, man, you don't have to be so passionate about it, but okay, okay. What? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay. How do, do I mean? know? How do I know what? Go ahead. What do you mean passionate? Look, how do you know? When did I say you've been to a cemetery? It's been a while. It's been a while, okay. It's been a while. I go to one every year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go, they got these old tombstones. Sure. 1800, whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you know they wasn't doing that here? I don't. You don't? I don't. When you go and to these graveyards, mm-hmm. these tombstones all leaning over and whatnot, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not going to sit here and tell me that these people not being picked up out of there, man. It's not. It's not happening. Picked up, but but now in twenty twenty, picked like, up. And you said, are you? If you're saying it happened, 
I'm saying it's happening now. The person that you're going to see at the graveyard, you think that person's there, right? Yeah. Okay. So it, you, it's more recent. So you think it's still happening? I don't. What do you mean still happening? You like think they it's take still out grave robbing? To... You think grave robbing is still a thing? Yeah, but it's just a different, it's a different, different reason, different definition, different term for grave robbing. Now, I think they're using it and putting putting new bodies there. And this is where you lose me. What do you mean? Because then Space. what? Oh, they like recycle it. Yeah, it's like exactly. get this body out of here and then sell this plot again. Yeah. So what do you, again, I feel like we went over this, but now okay. it's come up again. Yeah. So you're saying like they wait 50 years until people stop coming yeah. to the to visit and lay flowers. Yeah. And then put a new body in there and a new headstone and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what you think is happening now. Yeah. Unless they need to. Recycling the, the, the plots. Yeah. Unless they really need to. Because I feel like they're going to they're gonna leave some of those tombstones there. Uh-huh. Like we don't need to move this one yet. Okay. Because, you know, some of them are super, like, super old. old. Okay. It's like, why is this, why is this even still here? Ain't nobody coming to visit this person from 1850 uh, or whatever it is. Nobody. Get him out of here. Somebody just died. We got a guy that. Nobody. Needs- sorry to say, but nobody's thinking about this person. That's uh, just how, that's just how it is. Yeah. Life goes on. They recycling these. We need, we need more space. Cause then if they, they don't do that, they got to keep turning down woods, mm-hmm. killing the environment. I just think. Oh, so you think big, idea. you think big funeral was just is being uh, nature and environmentally conscious by recycling the, tomb, the, the grave plot. And saving money. Just and get this one out of here, put a new one there. I just, your business model, it just seems a little crazy because the amount of time you have to wait for somebody to stop visiting. People die every day. What do you mean? No, but I'm saying to, oh. to, to, to take the plot, how do you know when, oh, nobody's caring about this person anymore. You don't know that. You don't know how long, how long is that? How long is that? Have you went and visited your great 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 grandfather? No, you have not. But that's a long time. I know that's the point. But that's how long they have to wait till they get a new plot and can recycle it. That doesn't seem like a good business model. Wow, it doesn't when people die every day. Time, that's time what I mean. just people, doesn't stop. That's what I mean. People die every day, and you're waiting for one person's family to stop coming to this gravestone so you can dig them up and, and use that one plot. But it's like a hundred people died. But when you go every day, this has been 50 years. Every day, this has been 50 years for this person, this person. So 50 years is the... It could be, possibly. But it's, uh, it varies. That's my point. How does it vary? If it's not always 50 years. Somebody might be like, oh, we it's a family tradition that we go visit our great-great-great-grandmother. I, don't no. even, I never even met them. But no. as a family, we go visit that person. You don't no. know what families do. No, Somebody no. could do their Ancestry.com and go, oh, man, I was related to this person. I want to go to their grave site. It says it's here to on this do piece what? of paper. To just pay respects and just say honor them. And okay. oh, it says on this paper, they're here. And then they get there, uh, it's under the tree, mm-hmm. and it's plot number 477. Douglas Johnson, that's not my grandfather's name. Excuse me, funeral director. Why where is my grandfather? Oh man, what? Yeah. Then they gotta throw a smoke bomb also, and leave. I don't know if you know, everybody can't afford a tombstone. Okay. So Well, I mean, it's something there. A little plaque. How do you know? Just something, man. What about a homeless person? Just like homeless people. They just they probably just homeless put them people, under there. Homeless people are not... Uh, yeah, yeah, they could be stealing homeless people from graves, I guess. But we're not talking about homeless. You're saying just any tombstone, it could be just nobody down there or a different person down there. Yeah, it could be, possibly. Get this person out of here. He's been, he's been here long enough. He, she, whatever, been here long enough. Put a new one in there. Keep that tombstone there. So when somebody comes, this is that person. Not really, but it's that person. 
You know what I was thinking about too? What if <laughs> No what? What if what if we had to what if there was like a thing we had to pay from our check every every whatever we get paid. Uh-huh. That we had to pay rent uh-huh. at whatever burial ground we at. For the and future? Then, and yeah, and then whenever that money runs up that you saved over a period of time, you gotta you gotta go. Wait, so whose check so whose rent, money is this a coming rent out of? based yours. But I'm alive and I'm paying for my grave? Yeah, this is like a rent-based graveyard. Oh, so like depending on how much money... You know okay, how okay, okay, no, okay, many take off for Medicare okay, or something? Hold on, wait, whoa, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. so depending on how hard you work in your life and how much you build up into your grave security, yep. that dictates how long you can stretch this out to have a, be buried somewhere. To be buried properly uh-huh. where people can come pay their respects. And stay. So if you've been in the stay. union for 40 years... Oh, I can be here for I can be here in this grave for thirty years. Yeah, I, but if you never worked your whole life, maybe you were doing a lot of illegal activities, yep. and you finally got a job at fifty, and you only work five years, yep. you can stay here for two years. Yeah, and then after, after uh, then when that time that money runs out, this spot got to go to somebody else. You got to go. They tossed you somewhere. I don't know. Then they reuse that spot. Maybe that's how it is now. We don't know. I don't know. Pay what. paying rent to be buried. That would be crazy. That's, this is you've made this up. Why are I you here, like mad about it? I guarantee, because I, I think it's coming, man. Nothing. You think it's coming? Just, I think it's coming one day, man. What do you mean you think it's coming one day? I think it's coming one day. The things you say, man. That was an interesting idea. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would be absolutely crazy. That's it a, like a like a black mirror. I might episode. leave out of here and do write write that down because that would be with? It's a business. Pitch it to the government. It's a business. That's money. You telling me not they, people are not going to listen to that? That's not a business if they're pulling it out of your check. That's government. That's taxes. But you still got to you still paying if the say if the state made this. Okay. You still paying the state. I'm with you. It's money. What do you mean? <laughs> that's like that's some type of taxes, man. They, they that's going to tell you. Okay. I'm telling you. I got you. Got you, man. That was man. Taxes, that's going to be part of taxes. Taxes and death. We promise death we <laughs> Yep, that's all around. Yeah, that's that's what y'all saw. You promised. Hey, man, look. <laughs> what? This sounds crazy. Does it sound crazy? Yeah, it sounds a little crazy, man. But it, it's crazy with a little dab of logic, and I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's still crazy. I don't think that's happening. Where you have okay. to like pay to keep yourself buried in the ground. I didn't think we was gonna be in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> but look, look at we now. Here we are. Look, look. People dying all over the place. It's crazy. Bodies in U-Haul trucks. Don't know where to put the bodies. There's some some of these people gonna stop trying to tell you, man. At, at some point, it ain't gonna be no more graveyards. I'm telling you. What will there be? Mm-hmm. They gonna start putting them up there. Up where? In the sky? Yeah, space. I'm gonna get back. To- <laughs> okay, cool. So aren't they launch- Aren't they traveling different planets right now? They going to like Saturn or something? I don't know. I- <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gonna give. <laughs> sorry. Uh, at, <laughs> at first, it was customary to open graves and take the bodies out of the graves, clothes and all, and then either strip it naked on the ground or double it up in a bag and take it to somewhere that's more safe and remove the clothes. Then, yeah, this practice was discontinued when a young girl's family visited her grave the day after her burial. And their grief turned to horror when they found their little girl's tiny slipper lying in the snow next to her grave. Mm. This atrocity sent Indianapolis into an uproar. It also made the grave robbers change their methods. And thereafter, 
opening the boxes, they stripped all bodies of their clothes and put, put the garments hand? back in the casket. Yeah, why wouldn't yeah, you yeah. do that from the jump? Yeah, because then you're like, Beyond that's rush- my daughter's dress. You find it like in an alley somewhere. Yeah. You're like, what? This is impossible. Yeah. You put it back in there, none's the wiser. But th- it took this thing happening for them to decide to do that. Yeah. Uh, although grave robbing methods changed after the slipper incident, it was too late. Resurrectionists were officially public enemy number one in Indy. Complaints of similar occurrences started and disturbed graves and hints of tampering were noted. Investigations began and they had a suspect. When police arrested Rufus Cantrell on suspicion of grave robbing in 1902, they had no idea the scope of the operation. Newspaper accounts referred to Cantrell as the king of the ghouls. And then, you know, they added the Negro part in the street, in the street. Oh, that black guy, the Negro, he's the Negro, oh, the Negro king of the ghouls, uh, a grave robbing syndicate that emptied graves across Indianapolis for the purpose of selling them to medical colleges. Cantrell spilled the beans on every operation and rode with police around the city, pointing out more than a hundred empty graves. He even led them to a basement of several medical colleges and implicated the doctors who ran the institutions. So he snitched on everybody. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going down by myself. He went out like Nino Brown. He's like, I, I, this is bigger than Nino Brown. Everybody's going down. Yeah. Uh, Cantrell also helped police close investigations of several high profile missing persons cases, admitting their bodies were taken to medical colleges and then disposed of. During a sensational trial beginning in October of 1902, the 27-year-old Cantrell turned state's witness, spilling information right and left in an attempt to get his prison sentence reduced. Prosecutors and defense lawyers alike questioned the accuracy of Cantrell's uh, confessions, which were thrown into further doubt by the, de- by the declaration of his epilepsy and, quote, insanity. But as, but as he led police investigations on personal tours of central Indiana graveyards, where he and other ghouls had been uh, at work, Empty coffins turned up everywhere. Chicago police even called him in to shed light on grave robbing in the Windy City, mm. which is Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Cantrell, like many criminals with bre- with breathtaking, even unbelievable records, enjoyed a good show and the, and the public attention. So he kind of was like, like reveling in it. He's like, oh, man, I'm the hottest thing in town. I'm on newspapers and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. So he kind of started to put on a show in the trial. Yeah. Right. Uh. And because of this, some of his confessions were likely cooked up for the sake of sensationalizing the story. Yeah. Uh, For example, in 1900, Carrie T. Selvage, a rich Indianapolis woman suffering from a major nervous breakdown, was rumored to have escaped from Indianapolis Union State's hospital. This was a place that offered private treatment of mental and nervous diseases, but I'm sure it wasn't. They weren't electrocuting these people and all this kind of stuff. This was a mental hospital for rich people. Mm. So they probably treated them a little more decently. Yeah. I hope anyway. I mean, I don't I don't know. Cantrell alluringly told Detroit detectives that during a grave robbing operation, Selvage showed up at the cemetery gate, frightening his gang of ghouls. She stood there, Cantrell claimed, in her nightgown and felt slippers, her disheveled hair streaming out in a cold March wind, looking like a banshee. He abducted Selvage, held her in a basement, killed her, then sold her body to Indiana Medical College. Or so he said. The Michigan court told him he was lying. Mm. Uh, that's not true, man. I don't that's not that didn't that didn't happen. However, 20 years later, 
the salvage murder was still an unsolved mystery. Yet in a shocking twist, in April, 20, in April of 1920, her skeleton showed up in an attic of the old hospital, mm. part of which had been converted into a, a garage. What? Yeah, like, you know, they changed this part into like oh, a, okay. a parking garage for yeah. cars. Uh, Selvage's skeleton, the skull falling off, was sitting up against the wall. Her brothers recognized her clothing, a flannelette wrapper, and felt slippers. Exactly the apparel Cantrell said she was wearing at the graveyard. Investigators nevertheless said that Selvage had crawled up into the attic and froze to death. Mm. Her body undiscovered since 1900. The king of the ghouls was never prosecuted for her murder. So it's like, it could have still been a lie, but she was wearing felt slippers when they found her. So, yeah. But he also said he killed her and then sold her body to a medical place. And they found her at the mental hospital that she was at. Mm. So... He probably was lying. Yeah. Unless he killed her and put her up there and, you know, who knows? Uh, so, but again, it's like the felt slippers thing was true, but the body was found at the hospital. So you don't really know what's true and what's not. Yeah. You know, as far as the sensational stories he was telling. But, uh, so, uh, um, back to the trial. Uh, mourners would have been shocked to discover, for instance, that on some occasions, Coffins carried out to graveyards were full of ice blocks. Mm. The deceased had already been nabbed before the burial. Damn. Other times, grieving families had hardly left the cemetery grounds when grave robbers, posing as grave diggers, snatched the corpses, hid them in sacks, and then threw dirt over the caskets containing only air. So they're just trying to find different ways. Yeah, it'd be in disguise. Yeah. You gotta get these bodies, man. It's a hot market right now. These doctors want these bodies and they're they're paying, they're paying good money. So they really just saw these loved ones and these people who, you know, all this grief and everything like, ah, fuck all that. When they stop crying and they leave, dig that shit up, get that body, put it in a bag. They're not going to know. Uh, graves decorated with floral wreaths were usually left untouched since ghouls considered the flowers too elaborate to be able to reconstruct after robbing the grave. Mm. So they know that would be if the if the if the thing, if the flower wreath was gone or done and immediately like, oh, somebody's been here. Just so they left those back. Well, that's what it must have been more elaborate than just like one of those things with the, the, the legs, like a little ring. Yeah. That's what it's kind of the thing now, but it might have been like on the tombstone, draped around it. Change it. Kind of, yeah. Um, you talking about around the casket or around the grave? Around the grave. Oh, change your digging technique. Well, man, you can get in the time machine. You go back to 1900 and you can become the king of the ghouls, man. And you, you can have your own. Little... I'm just saying, won't you dig at a lower part of the but thing. you're telling me i don't dig grave. i was just i was just uh, they didn't they didn't think of that man they didn't they were like nah fuck that it's too hard so yeah they said, fuck it. it's not the money but okay <laughs> <laughs> you would have cornered the market huh you're like i'm not that's 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 good money under there yeah that's that's 15 30 dollars we're leaving just oh, look at all these wreaths yeah we're not touching those high, high, high competition right now we can't be just giving away that's, stuff you're leaving money on the table man yeah. that's unacceptable uh uh, in order to avoid suspicion or prosecution, ghouls were known to dump uh, the bodies in Indianapolis alleyways. However, the staff of Central College itself may have been the culprit when on October 13, 1902, two bodies tied in sacks and hidden in a dry goods box were found sitting at the corner of Georgia and Meridian Street outside a department store. What? So bodies were just sitting outside. Yeah, man. I mean, cause you get caught in the act or police rides by you. Like we gotta, we gotta dump these. We don't want to get caught with these. So bodies would just be found just at random places, boxes with bodies in them. Cause they didn't make it to their destination for them to get paid. Mm. 
That's crazy. You know, when you feel that heat, you got to dump the got to dump the goods. Yeah. Uh, two other bodies turned up at, at the college's back door, Indiana Indiana University, Indianapolis University. Uh, Cantrell avoided suspicion because he was already on trial. So he knew it wasn't him when these bodies turned up because he was already in, in custody. So it didn't matter if they were black or white, the bodies? No. Okay. No. But typically the market was white doctors were the buyers and black gra- black grave robbers were the sellers. It was yeah. very much a job for African American. The bodies, it, it varied. Okay. But down south, it was predominantly black bodies. Mm. But they would get whatever bodies they could get. But in in Indianapolis, in Indiana, there were a lot more white people showing up on tables than black people. And I just think that might be a demographic thing. I don't I don't know how Indianapolis is right yeah. now, but it probably was mostly white kind of city and state. Uh, Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis and Indiana is probably mostly white. So that's who was in, in graves. Yeah. That's my guess, though, because they said down south, there was a lot more black people that were bodies were being stolen. Uh. He was already on trial, so he wasn't suspected when these bodies got found places. Mm. Uh, As the trial continued, police discovered that Mount Jackson Cemetery, located next to Central State Hospital on West Washington Street, no longer really deserved to be called a cemetery. Cantrell's team, and probably others over the years, also targeted German Catholic Cemetery in St. Joseph's, uh, Anderson Cemetery in Irvington, and Country Churchyard at Trader Point in Elwood. So he had a team in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I was gonna, I was gonna he say was why the, he, he didn't do that. He was okay. the king of the ghouls. Gotcha. He had a whole operation. All right, going. cool. So that even when sense. he when they took him in, the operation kept flowing. That's what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, like uh, El Chapo. Yep. Uh, so he had he had all kind of operations going all over mm. Indiana, robbing all kind of grave sites. He need money. He can send back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this re- these resurrections left in their wake a bunch of empty graveyards. Wow. Like just just graveyards. They were dug up like your image, like like your image of how a graveyard is in 2020. Like yeah. all the ground is flat and grass and everything like that, and there's just nobody's underneath. There's just empty caskets and and and. Well, oh, bumpy. They could be just yeah. There's a little a little a little unearthed, a little yeah. disturbed, and it's either like fucking sh- clothes in yeah. there or fucking a doll and all these kind of things. A dubious letter arrived during the trial accusing Cantrell of having plotted to steal the body of ex-president Benjamin Harrison himself. Savage. Yeah, I don't know if you get more body. I think the you whole thing... For that? I don't think so, because the oh, whole thing was like, it. it's just a body to... I just need to cut into the body to do stuff. It's not like, it, oh, it's a president's body. It's, I'm still going to cut the arms off and fucking whatever. Nah. So why, it's I high mean, risk. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You got to be more money for that. Yeah, because check this out. This Now, this house, this graveyard is definitely... Out, uh, uh, um. Uh, it doesn't need to be. It's not a part of your category of these graves. It's it's um it's absolved of your theory. Okay, let's check this out. Um, so the president, uh, Benjamin Harrison, was buried in at Crown Hill. It was a massive gated cemetery that, in fact, had been created in the 1860s partly to protect against medical predators. So it was this was a graveyard that was built for high class, high society types. Yeah, to be protected from grave robbers. By 1902, Crown Hill had 24-hour security, revolver-toting guards mm. roaming the grounds. Uh, they were they were walking between a series of call boxes, and whenever they got to a call box, they had to they had to call in and check in. Dang. So there was no point where you could like knock out a, a security guard because they had to get to a point where they call and check in. Mm. Um, 
And uh, so they would roam. They would roam. These guards would roam the cemetery every 20 minutes. And the system also kept the guards from falling asleep on their job because you had no, to constantly not. be in contact yeah. every, every once in a while. And guards were permitted to gun down prowlers on the spot. Mm. And Rufus Cantrell was like, I didn't do that. No, that's that was that's too intense for me. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. Can you can you go and visit like famous people graves? Can you do that now? I don't know. I've never tried. It's just some stuff with fame. I'm just, I I don't know if I ever get the answer to. Like, um, I saw a video yesterday. I understand Donald Trump's the president, but his plane landed and they had like a thousand people running to the thing. Like he was the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't see myself being a part of a crowd like that. Like, oh my God, it's it's Kanye West, and you run. you're trying to grab at him and it's not a concert. And he's just walking down the street. He's just going to go get a donut. Yeah. I don't get starstruck like that. Taking photos. If I saw a person and maybe I can take a photo with them or you catch them off guard or something like yeah. that, but trying to push through a crowd of, it's like, they don't want to take that picture with you. Yeah. But if you catch somebody in the elevator, Oh man, I'm a big fan. Thanks man. What are you doing in Mexico? What? Are the, oh man, that's cool, man. Hey, can you kind of, can we, can I get a photo with you? Sure, man. But any of that running into a crowd of people and, that guy doesn't or girl doesn't want to stop there and talk to 6,000 people and have them grabbing all on them. If I ever caught a celebrity in an intimate moment off guard, yeah, I might ask for a picture. Yeah. But take a picture of them like uh, across the street or something. I, what am I? I'm not going to I don't know. if I'm, I'm not going to post this thing. So I never even thought about going to visit a, a famous person's graveyard. You know what I mean? I don't I, Maybe you can if that's what they want. But if they were buried somewhere private, I would guess not. Like, yeah. I'm I'm sure if you can go visit Prince's graveyard, there's people who are diehard fans of Prince who will go visit visit his graveyard. Yeah. I just don't know a celebrity who I would do that for. Like make the trip and fucking oh they're they're buried in in Phoenix Arizona. What about what's names? Isn't um Edgar Allan Poe? Is his is the graveyard he was in like somewhere? Yeah, else. I'm pretty sure. I've never been. I know I know his was like super. It's a tourist guarded. location yeah. though, because it's like he wrote all these poems and yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, good for him, the Raven. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so Rufus kind of denied that. He's like, that's that was too extreme for me. Uh, Rufus Cantrell and several several accomplices ultimately received ten years at the Jeffersonville Penitentiary, but Cantrell was soon transferred to Michigan City. As a black man, it's not surprising that he went to jail, even as his white employer, Doctor Alexander, got left off the hook. I mean, got let off the hook. Uh, incriminating testimony from a fellow ghoul against the doctor was judged invalid since he was said to have come to court intoxicated. Mm. Somehow, Cantrell's much-debated mental state kept Dr. Alexander safe, though it didn't keep Cantrell himself out of prison. Mm. So whenever it came to Dr. Alexander, they go, well, he's crazy and he has epilepsy and all this kind of stuff, but still all these things that he said are what put him in prison, Mm. right? So how is it it's faulty testimony when it's about this guy, but it was able to put him in prison? So kind of a double standard. Not surprising, though. Uh, not everybody in, in the white community was happy about Joseph Alexander's acquittal. At a country crossroads in Hamilton County, still called Fisher Station in those days, a crowd of angry farmers rioted in April of 1903. Ghouls had been active in the vicinity. Half of the coffins exhumed from graveyards around Fisher's had been reported empty. Dang. Cantrell, in fact, testified that bodies nabbed in Noblesville were floated down White River to Broad Ripple on boats. So they had all kinds of systems That's crazy. going. The crowd setting the crowd the crowd was setting effigies of Dr. Alexander. So they built these kind of like Dr. Dolls mm-hmm. and then burned them. They hated this guy. 
because he was the person buying the bodies. Yeah. So he created the market, basically. Uh, this only stopped when they almost burned down the local train station. So they got so their rioting got so out of control that they almost did too much damage, mm-hmm. and then that you know then you know probably police had to come in break everything up and a lot of the kind of stuff that we're seeing right now. Uh, Rufus Cantrell didn't serve his full sentence at Michigan City. He was out by 1909. Rumors circulate, circulated that he'd begun writing a book about his uh, resurrectionist days. That would have been a great tell-all book, man. Uh, which, must, which must have struck fear into Hoosier's criminal rings since he'd already weighed in on several local murders during his lengthy trial. Prosecutors uh, couldn't be sure if he was lying to get time off his sentence or not. So... Um, the criminals apparently were kind of concerned about what he could tell next, but again, his, they weren't sure what he was lying or not lying about. Mm-hmm. So even in his tell all book, what are you going to, you're going to go try to investigate these crimes that might not even have happened. Yeah. You know, so it might've just been like just a gossip rag, you know? So some people were concerned about his book, but then other people were like, he lies. So it doesn't matter. Uh, out on patrol. I mean, out on parole, Cantrell was working at the American Steel and Wire Company in Anderson, Indiana in 1909. The press even thought he was getting ready to go on stage as a vaudeville performer. On Christmas Eve 1915, the Indianapolis News reported that he had been charged with operating a blind tiger, which is another term for an illegal liquor den. Okay. Uh, but had fled the city to become an event, an event, an event, I'm sorry, to become an evangelist in Michigan. The paper claimed that Cantrell had conducted a revival under an assumed name in Flint, Michigan. That December, just over the river from Detroit, he married a woman in Windsor, Ontario, who claimed to be Canadian. Major May McConnell, his new wife, was an officer in a religious mission called the Charity Army of America. The U.S. government, however, suspected fraud, considered deporting her as an uh, undesirable alien, and that's which would be a, that's a really cool name for a movie. I think I'd go watch that. Like an alien who is comes down and is unpopular in school and can't fit in. Like an undesirable alien. That'd be cool. Her mm. half brother was also known uh, to police as a safe blower. So uh, his wife's his uh, um, Cantrell's wife's brother was a guy who would like put dynamite on the rings of a safe and then blow it up and yeah. steal the money. That was that was like his job. Cantrell finally, Cantrell finally realizing his childhood dream of becoming a preacher failed miserably. So he finally <laughs> did it, but it didn't really, nobody came. The people yeah. didn't come. Uh, Michigan police closed down the suspicious charity operation and arrested an accomplice of Cantrell's for assault and battery. Uh, arrested for larceny himself, it was at this point that he apparently went back to showmanship again. Cantrell would end up behind bars one last time on record for frisking the pockets of a gospel praise group in Detroit. Cantrell and accomplice Elridge Gowdy got two years at Marquette Penitentiary in, in, in the Upper Peninsula. What became of him after 1916 is another unsolved mystery. Mm. He may have died in jail or on the shores of Lake Superior. And that was the story of Rufus Cantrell, the king of the ghouls, and the entire kind of uh, grave robbing syndicate that yeah. was happening in Indianapolis. And honestly, like, on two continents, it was happening in America and it was happening in in the Europe in Europe as well. So they they don't know after he went to prison. There's no official record. After. Like they don't know where his grave is. Oh, okay. And maybe his grave got robbed. The irony, Possibly. you know, you know. So they don't really know officially what happened to him, where he died, when he died. He just kind of fell off the map after 1916. Mm. 
But yeah, that was Rufus Cantrell. And although he wasn't uh, the only grave robber, it was a story that was um, pretty fascinating to me. He, he yeah. was kind of a, a part of this big system, but then turned became turncoat once he got caught and turned the whole thing on his head, he snitched on everybody. Mm. So very interesting. Like I said, that was Rufus Cantrell and the the, the Negro King of the Ghouls. Uh, uh, that's all I got. You got any questions? Nah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, any of your questions that you do have, I can't answer. I don't know how to get a body into space, or I don't know any of your other theories. I just, I, I can't, I can't answer them. Yeah. I, those, those live within. I can't you. answer me. I was just asking. Yeah, they, they live within you. Yeah. Um, but what we're gonna do. I'm it, sure I'm not the only one that has that thought. But uh, I'm sure you're the only person that thinks that. I guarantee. Future, I guarantee one listener. Go, the, yeah, the, I thought about that too. I think you're the only person that thinks the future of the grave and funeral industry is space. Possibly, man. I'm not ruling out anything. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna get into these good vibes. That's right, folks. It's time for a segment of good vibes. We're gonna lift those spirits up and get the energy right. Fran, my good vibe story this week is about a boy who donated. Tw- tw- 22,000 diapers to single moms using the funds from his lemonade stand. Hmm. Okay. So lots of kids set up lemonade stands in the summer. For many, it's a rite of passage. I've never done that personally. I, you know, um, it, 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 it felt too campy and I, I, I didn't want to be sitting outside in the heat all day. So a lemonade stand was not a hustle I embarked on. I was a candy seller. Uh, it's a rite of passage, uh, a first step towards learning what it means to earn your own money. And for 11-year-old Cartier Carey, name. I'm about to say yeah. I like yeah, it. I like Cartier Carey. It was a chance to do a lot more. That's because Carey isn't using his profits to open up a first savings account or uh, saving up to buy his first, buy himself a special treat. Instead, he's he's investing it back into Hampton, Virginia's community. Okay. His goal: helping single mothers in need. With all the streets and with all the stress and financial uncertainty brought on by the pandemic. Carrie decided to focus on the basics, diapers and wipes. The impetus for the project took root while Carrie was visiting his grandmother who lives um, in one of the area's more economically depressed neighborhoods. Carrie, who was keenly observant for his age, was taken aback by how many women he saw raising children on their own. His instinct was to find a way to help. Uh, by the end of July, Carrie had raised close to $5,000 via the lemonade stand from donations and distributing close to 6,500 diapers. Mm. As of September, at 22,000 diapers, he's close to achieving his goal of 25,000 diapers, which I'm sure he will get by the end of this month because yeah. the story is starting to get some traction. Uh, but the generous 11-year-old is no stranger to worthy causes. Before becoming a lemonade mogul, Carrie launched another community initiative dubbed Cardi Packs. Sounds like sounds like that loud. Cardi <laughs> sounds like so you get that from the from the local dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> that Cardi Pack. Yeah. Uh, care packages for the homeless that contain such essentials as deodorant, soap, tissue, and even hand warmers for when the cold when uh, when weather got cold, which mm-hmm. is, is headed that way. So yep. that's really beautiful. Last year, Carrie founded his own nonprofit organization. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, Kids for Change 757 to help the community and make communities better. Carrie says his greatest joy comes from knowing he's made the difference and seeing how much effort, how much his efforts have meant to the people he strives to serve. 
when one mom who'd been the beneficiary of, of his good deeds broke down in grateful tears and gave him a big hug, he was truly moved. It was heart, it was heart touching. I almost cried myself when she gave me a hug and started crying. That made me just want to keep doing it, he told ABC News. Others can make a difference, just like I'm doing right now. They can save lives and be heroes. You're never too young. Man, shout out to uh, Cartier Carey, man. That was a beautiful story. Yeah. Um, this kid has a bright future. I think, you know, knowing and understanding that it takes a village and having community desires to better your community at such a young age, um, that's a very strong building block for a foundation of a upstanding man of, of integrity and somebody that can go on to do some great things in Virginia or even beyond. Also, his name is Fly as Hell. Um, yeah. uh, the, on, the only flyer name I've heard was Ashton Martin. Uh, I saw a, a picture of a kid on Twitter. His name is Ashton. Ashton. Last name is Martin. Last name is Martin. Yeah. I thought that was clever. You know, I don't, I'm not really a fan of kids being named after cars, but I thought that was so subtle. Yeah. I like Ashton. That could be, that's a name. Yeah, it could just be a name. name. Yeah. And then you mix it with the, you go, oh, Ashton. Oh, I like that name. Yeah. His name's Ashton Martin. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, Ashton, Ashton Martin. Oh, okay. I see what you did. Clever. I like it. Yeah. You can't tell me his parents didn't recognize that when they fucking named the kid. That's right, he did. Um, but yeah, no, shout out to Just Carrie. like, uh, Wes, what's his name? Wes who? Wes, uh, what's the, what's his son's name? Kids, his daughter's name. Wes? Yeah. Who's Wes? Northwest. Ain't that her name Northwest? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, and he thought that was really clever. That's not as clever as, as, as Ashton Martin. Yeah, her, nor, her name is Northwest. Yeah. yeah. He definitely, he thought that was fly <laughs> as hell. He's like, I'm going to name her another direction. Yeah. Northwest. Yeah, yeah. No, he thought of that. Um, anyway, yeah, no, shout out to, <laughs> such a stupid name. Uh, shout out to Cartier Carey, uh, you know, continue to keep going, man. Keep going, you know, very moving. 22,000 diapers and, and counting, trying to get to 25,000. You know, I'm sure he'll reach that goal um, very soon. That was my good vibe story. My good vibe this week is uh, real life Willy Wonka gives away candy factory and giant treasure hunt. Oh, so this is not a right drill. Up your alley, man. Yeah, this is not a drill. Shout out to uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Willy Wonka. It's really this this movie. It's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for one, but it really changed. What, your life. what did I say? Willy Wonka. I'm talking about the movie. And it's called Isn't Willy it Wonka? called? Is it? Is, is it, it called Willy Char Wonka? I thought it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Maybe it's you're the, right. Is the new one? I'm, th I'm pretty the sure. New one with Johnny Depp in it. With Johnny Depp, yeah, yeah. I well, think it, I think that's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Whatever, man. It was a. Yeah, no, was but a, it, it really moved movie. you though. Uh, I'm trying to tell you, he does a great job in it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, believe, I believe you, man. <laughs> so this is not a drill. Golden tickets really are being hidden for you to find. The founder of Jelly Belly is getting ready to retire, and he's decided to leave the city. He's he's decided to leave the candy industry with a bang and a fuzz and a pop by placing Willy Wonka-style golden tickets out into the world for people to hunt for. David Klein, aka the Candyman, has started going across the USA hiding golden tickets attached to a necklace. Attached to necklace chains in place um, where he comes across um, an interesting story described as a boots on the ground treasure hunt. He plans to release a riddle to help you find the golden tickets in each of the 50 states. The goal was to get families out um, with their families with grandma and grandpa mm -hmm. um, can even join with the kids and grandkids. You can sign up for one of their treasure hunts at goldenticket.com website. And each of the 50 golden tickets is redeemable for $5,000 each. Or $5,000 cash. Some of the states have already sold out. There is a cost of $49.99 to enter. 
but it all takes but all it takes is one entry to be included in the the grandest hunt um of all and this is when and this is where it gets very wonkalicious anyone who <laughs> anyone is that in there? Or did you yeah, put that it says in, there? in oh, okay. there. Anyone, anyone who joins at least one treasure hunt will be eligible for, um, will be eligible to search for the ultimate treasure, the ownership deed to one of David's candy factories, and an all-expense-paid trip to be educated at a candy-making university. The, wow! The big event begins after all of the states have had a chance to play. Um, a candy-making university. Yeah, I didn't even we, know that was a thing. Yeah, we are wondering if there are any Oompa Loompas waiting to waiting at the end of this contest. Um, but yeah, the deed, the deed thing, I'll be all in for for that. Yeah, one. you just get a business. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, but but this dude, look, who, who who does he look like? Robin Williams. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. just like Robin just Williams. Like Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, thought it was dope. So that's a that's a cool thing for do at this time so kids cool. and families can get out and yeah, get out of the house do something bit. active yeah for sure um, yeah yeah so yeah. go out you can go sign up for it uh golden ticket.com golden ticket.com website yes golden ticket.com beautiful man um um i'm a big fan of candy and so not jelly beans though but is that what he specializes in uh this thing is called jelly belly i think oh. the founder of jelly belly yeah yeah, i'm not really a fan of jelly beans <laughs> uh <laughs> but that's great man you know yeah. other people like jelly beans i'm sure and uh, I am a fan of the Harry Potter jelly beans. I got some when we went to uh, Universal Studios, and they have like, oh, this one's a booger, and this yeah. one tastes like grass. Oh, yeah. Like they a, had those in the store. I think yeah, it's like a fun cool. little game to play. Yeah. yeah they're disgusting. They're gross. This one tastes like vomit. Yeah. You're like, you know, um, but, you know, I lie. I do like Starburst jelly beans. So I lie. Yeah. I like those. But just traditional But those are beans. like Starburst, though. I'm trying to give this guy. I'm trying to give this guy. Uh, you know, this is like his whole livelihood. He created this business. I'm yeah. trying to give him a hand, man. Je- jelly beans, man. There's just nothing really thrilling about jelly beans. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if I owned a jelly bean business, I'd be the jelly beans biggest fan. Yeah. I'd be fucking diehard for jelly beans. Yeah. So I'm sure he is as well. Um. Yeah. As far as that, listen. All the jokes aside, man. We uh, live in studio. We just officially are five patrons away from reaching our goal of 100 patrons. So first of all, round of applause for us and round of applause for you all for joining and all those kind of things. I'm dead serious, though, if we don't get to 100 by midnight. We're not doing the dance. Yeah. But um, I'm if, if while you're listening to this, we already could be at 100. And if we are, we are happy to do the dance. Um, we are men of our word, as we said. I didn't expect you guys to rally around this <laughs> seeing us humiliate ourselves like this but you really have and it's something i respect about it so um like i said we get we get to 100 you get you get wop you get two wops for one it'll be a wet ass podcast video on our patreon exclusively for all of you amazing people who took time out of your out of your day and also took money out of your own pocket during all this shit that's going on to donate to us to support our podcast to to support our content and um yeah i don't really I don't really know what to say, man. It's beautiful. I, I really, in all seriousness, I can't really thank anybody enough for taking any kind of money out of their pocket at a time like this. So that's amazing and incredibly dope. And every person that we shouted out, it, it's, it really is from the heart. Um, and we really appreciate it. And if we got to, if we got to uh, bust this uh, boy booty down on the ground to, to, uh, um, to show love to our, all of the patrons, that's what we will do. Right, Fran? You yeah. can't, can't back out, man. You already yeah. said you would. So yeah, no turning back. So you might need to start learning those dance moves. Now. I don't think it's going to happen. Five people? 
I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, Fran just Fran just doubled down and challenged five people to join the Patreon right now. It don't matter because they're not gonna hear this until, the, <laughs> until after it's done. No, this comes so, out tomorrow, man. They got until midnight tomorrow to, to, to midnight tomorrow. Those midnight tonight. No, midnight tomorrow, man. It's to, wait, it 12, ends, it ends, twelve a.m. Monday. It, yeah, twelve a.m. Tuesday. Oh, it ends on the fourteenth. Today is today is the thirteenth. So now, right now, it's the fourteenth. Well, I take and, that back because I thought this is. I thought it was in in twelve a.m. Monday. Yeah, no, man. I think I think there's a good chance we get to hundred. So I mean, again, round of applause, man. I hope not. We did it. So Yay! Round of applause. <laughs> um, no, but seriously though, um, thank you, thank you all, and um, we'll see you guys next week. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting the hang of this damn uh, this damn soundboard, yeah, man. man. Uh, I've been Alvin buttons. Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Jesus. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park